after all these years to be going back to where it all started back to the matrix Hello and welcome to Don't Spoil the Ending, episode 50. I can't believe we made it here, to be honest. Episode 50. Um, if anything, I forgot this was episode 50. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm Joe. Uh, I'm, here, I'm here with the guys. Uh, should we go around? What are your names again? Yeah. Hi, I'm John. I'm Sam. And I'm Steve. It's been a long time since we've got some of the Don't Spoil, most of the Don't Spoil the Ending crew in to do yeah. a podcast. As you mentioned, literally a year ago, wasn't it? Episode 49, November 2020. Yeah. Yeah. Was that in person, that, or was that on Zoom? That was on a Zoom. Oh, okay. That was me, you and Steve, that, yeah. Oh, I suppose it was... We, was the last time we did a Don't Spoil the Ending? Oh, we did one. I looked at this beforehand. <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll, we'll move on from it. Uh, how is everybody? Uh, it's, been, it's been a while. Good. Yeah, I'm very good, thanks. How are you guys? I'm pretty good. Good, yeah, good. Okay. I'm tired, but I'm, I'm good. Yeah. Um, I've, I've been staying up watching The Ashes, so I'm quite tired as well. Late nights... Yeah, I uh, I saw the first wicket on when was it Wednesday night? Yeah, and just gave up after that. I was like, yeah, you don't have to wait long. I was like, <laughs> like first thirty minutes. I thought I'm giving up on this. First ball, not thirty minutes. Was it really the first ball? <laughs> first ball, of the Ashes. Well, I didn't see the I didn't see the first wicket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw we were like I think we ended the first night like was it like thirty for th- so thirty for three about three in the morning when, yeah. I, when I last saw it. But yeah, lunch is around that score. Uh, yeah, it didn't really get much better from then. But we've clawed ourselves back into it. Have we? And in day three, we did we did pretty well. Last, in the last time I saw Australia, we're like 377, I think. Yeah, we <clears throat> got them out in the morning. I'm getting confused of like whether it was this morning or yesterday morning. <laughs> I'm just like, <laughs> it's all what day it is because it's overnight. <laughs> uh, got them out in the morning uh, and then we batted all, all day, only losing two wickets. So we've done quite well to get back into it. But most of the day tomorrow tonight and then hopefully uh, do okay on the fifth day to try and get them out might have a chance yeah, yeah. might have a chance it was, I mean it was looking shocking on the like they bring up like percentages of like what win percentage yeah and uh, we were pretty low but we've, we've got back into it but I did, I did point out to you before the last curry night that England yeah. got beat by New Zealand in the Cricket World Cup yeah but at one point, New Zealand had like a 2% chance of winning or something yeah. during that game, and they came back on one. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, yeah, I've got a chance. Anything can happen. Yep. Well, uh, going from a classic England experience to a classic film experience this week, we're doing The Matrix. Do you like me a little, little segue good, there? Very trying good, this yeah. week. Yeah. Um, very good. Yeah, we were covering we're covering The Matrix trilogy uh, from, when was the first one? Oh, what? You know? What? Co- covering the trilogy? <laughs> 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 I watched all three in preparation. Oh, did you really? I did, yeah. Should we? We were only doing the first one. I thought we were only doing the first one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I prepared. Um, did you really watch all three? I did, yeah. I thought we were talking about you know the the. <laughs> I mean, I'm fine with it. The concept of <laughs> the did Matrix. you watch all three in? No, <laughs> I, I did not. Well, we can keep it. Also, I don't think I've sold the third one. You're joking. <laughs> I feel like this could be a spoiler, a spoiler, a spoiler zone. I mean, I don't care. <laughs> oh, no, I'm glad you watched that. I've got notes about the sequels, even though. Oh, very good. So that, that, that'll work. Yeah. Oh, good, good. Yeah, yeah I, watched, uh, I watched recently over the last week, I watched the first Matrix, uh, Matrix 
Revolutions is that the second one? Re- Reloaded. Reloaded is the yeah. second one, and then Revolutions is the third one. Third uh, one yeah. I've not watched the fourth one. You'll find. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> no, no, yeah. Did you watch the Animatrix? I didn't, but I have. I have seen some clips of it, and some of it is very interesting. Uh, have you seen it, Steve? Yes, like fifteen years ago. Okay. <laughs> there's there's a robot with a top hat at the UN in that, and that for me sounds it's enough to rob me in so <laughs> that's not the robot who killed someone is it it's like the first murder case or something no they built well, all the rules around it or no uh, the, we're, we're, we'll go into it more later but this this one I think he was negotiating with the UN and he had a little robot moustache and a robot top hat and I thought yeah, you trust him a robot with a top hat <laughs> this is a far cry from the robots that you see in, in the film series yeah, um, yeah. but yeah, before we before we move on to The Matrix the first one not the trilogy um, have we been watching or playing any games recently uh, do you want to want to go over games first? yeah I've got a couple of quick things to mention if that's okay I'll just say first though Merry Christmas everyone yeah. not, not does it feel very Christmas at the moment does it? I mean England has got some good decorations up here I'm liking the vibe and stuff yeah. Lovely. Well, just in terms of uh, we had the new restrictions a couple of days ago imposed on us. Doesn't feel like the most Christmassy time at the moment. But... It's a Christmas tradition now, though, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's the new, the new Christmas tradition. <laughs> Christmas lockdown. Bringing the restrictions for the uh, the Yule time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so a Merry Christmas to, to all of you. Yeah. Uh, I'll just mention I watched. I hope this podcast goes up before Christmas. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, I should, I should have I've, it it <laughs> I've not been on a podcast since then. I did catch COVID last Christmas, so I'm hoping that's not oh. a new tradition. Oh, that's good. Merry <laughs> Christmas. <laughs> and you were a new spin on last Christmas there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'll start by mentioning uh, with a podcast legend, John Ob, the other night, Wednesday night. Lovely. We watched the uh, modern day classic Resident Evil. Welcome to Zombie Town, or whatever it's called, the new one. It's got some like subtitle to it. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't very good. <clears throat> Me and John are big Resident Evil fans. I think a few of you guys are into the series, aren't you? The game series. The game series. Uh, yeah. I, I like Resident Evil Four. <laughs> That's as far as my <laughs> yeah, Resident yeah. Evil knowledge really goes. Doesn't go into it with this one, but it's basically a retelling of the first three games, like in the film. It's almost good. It does have some really interesting stuff. Like it straight up does bits from the games, like with the, like the same locations and everything. I was going to say that because I saw the trailer and there's literally clips from the trailer that are cut scenes from the first from the, game. Yeah. yeah, and like the police station from Resident Evil Two and Three, like it's the, literally the, the same police station in this. They built it the same way with a big statue in the uh, in the uh, hallway. Is uh, is Mister X? Is that his name? Is he in this? No, I was actually thinking watching it. Like I was like, they need to put Mister. If they're going to do Resident Evil Two, they yeah. need to put Mister X in it, but. There's just a tyrant, Miss uh, William Birkin, the, the doctor from, I think he's from part two as well. You fight him on an elevator in the game in part two. And he's a tyrant in this one, like the big bad guy. But they name, name check loads of characters from the games and they get it all right. I was like, oh, this, this is almost good. And like, they have all the locations. They go to the mansion, they go to the police station, they go to the trainway from the Resident Evil Zero and stuff like that, the train tracks. Uh, but they just kind of... They create all these good-looking locations and give you all the characters, but then give them nothing to do within the locations. Like they just almost like just tick it like like a checkbox. Like right, we've done the police station, we can leave there now. And they don't do anything at any of these locations. There's barely any zombies in it, kind of thing. And it's almost feel like it's fan servicey in that way, where it's like right, let's show this location from this game, and the fans will love it. Yeah, totally. Like they're just ticking off like fan service boxes without actually making it a film. Like forgetting to like create any actual drama in the individual scenes or anything like that but uh, like I said it's almost good like you, you know a lot of the ingredients are right they just couldn't uh, 
could make it in- interesting, basically. But give that a two out of five. Okay. So, so a failed attempt. Yeah. Yep. Have you guys got anything you want to uh, move on to? Not game wise. I've not played any games this year. I don't think. Oh, you, you have. You were telling us before the pod. <laughs> I said, don't, doesn't the game. really count. It's last year's game. <laughs> Still been playing this year. Football Manager. So yeah. I suppose if we are doing games of the year, my game of the year for this year is Football Manager 2020. <laughs> oh, oh, wait, actually, would it not be 2021? It would be, yeah. 2022 is the new one. God, the only game you've played, Sam, and you don't even know. 2019. What year it was. <laughs> so if it's it is 2021, year, right? it lands yeah. up at least. Your, your 2021 game of the year is Football Manager 2021. Yeah. There you go. Steve, have you played played any games recently? Anything you want to talk about? Um, I've played like one whole bunch that might be an original Xbox game from like 2003. But, Can I guess what it is? Go on then. Oh, Psychonauts. No. Okay. <laughs> um, so, Castle Crashes. No. Um, it is an original Xbox game, so it won't oh, be Castle Crashes because that's a little bit after. Isn't it? I uh, appreciate that you put me right there. <laughs> I mean, it's important to be correct. <laughs> Black. No, it oh. is Gladius, which is a very little no game. Yeah, not um, really it is a. I'm 100% top before on the podcast about my love for tactical RPGs, and it is a tactical RPG that is like. Um, you basically run Gladiator School in a fictional universe that starts out like ancient Rome and then is a bit like Scandinavia. And then just goes on and on and goes a bit weird. But uh, it's it's not a great game. The story's awful. But it was like a pure nostalgia game. So I just played it for like two days non-stop. And then so far, no, I've got other stuff that I should probably be playing instead. So I'll move on to that. But I just thought it's just interesting because it's such an old game. It's nearly 20 years old now. And it's just because Minecraft just keep making old games backwards compatible. Yeah. <clears throat> Although I think they have stopped that now, haven't they? Uh... So they did the last 80 games. Yeah. Really, but if you think about it, this is a, this is um four generations old now. Yeah, because I'm playing on a Series X, so yeah, it's literally just for no reason. Again, they don't think really sold that well. They just decided to make it backwards compatible, just because I feel like Microsoft don't really care anymore about making money. They just want to just do weird stuff. Yeah, they're all about preserving a uh, legacy games aren't they? Stuff yeah. Like so could you, could you just say, Steve, that Microsoft no longer care about making money? I mean, the Xbox division. I mean, Game Pass. I, can't I actually do agree with that. Oh, it's no, like no. they bought Bethesda, and yeah. like almost not with the intent of making money, just to heighten the Xbox brand, knowing it yeah. won't make them money. Do you know what I mean? I think it, it's not to make money now; it's to make money in the future when they've got like the base of users I mean, on Game Pass that they can. So it's yeah. So they they like making money though. Yeah, they'll end up. No, well, maybe, maybe, yeah. right. So I'm playing a game that I own that I bought like twenty years ago. That you can't buy anymore, like apart from second hand, that you can't buy on any virtual store, and they just made it backwards compatible for no reason. Like, that's not a move to make money. That's, they are yeah. very good with their legacy content, especially when you look at how PlayStation have handled those over the years. Yeah, well, they just didn't let, yeah, because Sorry. within one generation, <laughs> yeah. But that's because PlayStation on top, so they don't need to make any effort. Yeah, we'll see, we might see that swing the other way again. Uh, if you remember, was it the 360 that overtook the PS3? It kind of, the tables turned for a, a generation. Oh, yeah, 360 was like massive, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah because that was the console of that generation, and then it sort of flipped back, didn't it? It's a bit like how Sega only really had the Genesis that like blew everything out of the water. Sorry, Mega Drive. Blew everything out of the water. And Microsoft only really had the 360. 
well, they're hoping now that the Series X will be their, their second massive, you know, console to beat, yeah. beat Sony, basically, yeah. Mm. Well, the Series S is the most bought console for, like, Christmas this year. So yeah, far. it's the only one people can buy. <laughs> <laughs> Arguably, it's because it's the only one people can buy. That is true. Yeah, but that's a genius yeah. move by Microsoft. Yeah. It's like people want to spend the money, and it's Maybe, like... Yeah. It's the only thing on the market by this, and everyone has. <laughs> well, I mean, like, obviously, I bought a Series X, that's because I have existing disc games. If I didn't have disc games, I'd be more inclined to get a Series S. And especially if you just want to, if you're just happy to just play stuff on Game Pass, game Pass. which is every first party Microsoft game. So, if we talk about games, I'm not going to bring it up too much on the podcast because I've not played enough of them. But, like, the fact that I've been playing Halo Infinite and Forza 5, Forza Horizon 5, that is. Yeah, which are two first-party games for Microsoft, and two very good games. Uh, that's so I've paid ten pound a month. Yeah, that, that game pass is, is very good. Um, I think uh, I think I recommended a game to you recently called Dicey Dungeons. So I was like, oh, it's only three pound on Twitch Store. It's on sale at the minute. And you're like, oh, sorry, sorry, on Game Pass. I've got it for free. <laughs> it is mad. Like, have you heard of Serious Sam Four, the shooter? I was looking at this the other day. It came out like last year, and I've been wanting it for a while. But it was only on Steam and uh, the Google thing, whatever that's mm. called. Stadia. Stadia at first. Is that still around? I'd forgotten that existed. <laughs> I was going to bring it up as a bit of a joke. <laughs> Google, Google are trying to kill it, I think, but it won't die. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it was only available on that. I thought, oh, I'd love to, I'd love to give that a go. I'd love the old series Sam on the, uh, the first Xbox. Yeah. But now it dropped on Game Pass out of nowhere last week. I was like, I didn't even know it was on the Xbox. <laughs> so I was looking at the series Sam 4 on the Xbox, and I'm not sure this is true, the Game Pass edition you can get. I think the Game Pass one might just be Serious Sam 4, but if you buy it, it comes packaged with every Serious Sam game. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. They're all on there. Again, Microsoft, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I don't know that's necessarily what you can get on Game Pass. It might be just the... Uh, it might just be Serious Sam 4. Mm-hmm. Like with the re- GTA remakes, you only get San Andreas, you don't get them all. Also, don't buy the GTA remakes. <laughs> Dreadful. <laughs> I have heard that. Have you, did you buy them, Steve, or have you just read them? Uh, well, no, I got them. Well, I do, because I'm sad. I do the Xbox reward points thing. So I got I bought the Dimensive collection for free. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. So I didn't spend, luckily, not spend any money on it. I nearly completed GTA 3 and just had to give up because the shooting's awful. It, it feels like it was just a nightmare. The car physics are dreadful. And the shooting's really bad. And then when you get to the later missions, it's so difficult just because the shooting's awful. Mm. So you just can't do anything with it. The, the, one of the interesting things I did find out about the Grand Theft Auto games was that the, the actual source code for what they've used is like the old source code. So if the, the, some of it is like a relic. So yeah. the way the way programming works is that you can like you can tab something out or basically make a part of the code not relevant anymore. So these discs all shipped with all the original music on the game that they still they don't have the licences for yeah, yeah. but they're in the it's console just disabled, it? it's, like, it's just disabled it's just disabled yeah. which, which is insane like, legally I don't think they're allowed to do that yeah. but but then also there's, there was a lot of like developer commentary that was left just in the console logs that people have been able to go and read now and I find that fascinating find that part fascinating yeah, like a little time capsule almost like. yeah yeah because you're, you're reading developers almost making notes that have just like, accidentally been left into the game code and yeah. it, that's, that sort of thing's quite interesting but, but like, yeah. a result of that is like there's some of the glitches in it people have found like an island made up of like big metal walls like there's a human face just stretched across these metal panels yeah. because they left the assets from a character and it got like just like mud- yeah. muddled in with this island. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like this that. monstrous island with like a face on all the But the amount of issues, some of the upscaling has been done by an AI. So like words are misspelled and like adverts, yeah. are, adverts are just wrong because it's just, it's just spelled them wrong because it's, you know, AI 
that they've used just isn't invaluable. So it so shoddy. Messy stuff up, yeah. I feel, I feel like Rockstar used to care about the audience, like well, really did. But then if you look at modern day Rockstar, where everything's... This isn't Rockstar, though. They, well, they, this is another thing, though. They obviously own the IP and they've... they've, they've yeah. So it's Grove Street Grove, Games Grove or something Games, like that. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Maybe the mobile phone. Yeah, so you're you're playing you're playing you're playing a game that has been ported by a mobile phone uh, game. So yeah, it's it that's that's not the the love and attention that game series needed when it's. It was I think the issue is calling it a definitive edition when a third party's done it, and arguably as well some of the assets. And I think people have like concluded, especially because Grove Street Games have done it, that this isn't the original games that have been ported. This is like no, it's the mobile, mobile version. version. It's the mobile, mobile version, version isn't yeah. It? yeah, yeah. I think they'll confirm that. You can tell. Have you played it since the update has happened? They've done a patch on it. Yeah. So they made the rain not be... Not be blinded. Yeah, because it's, <laughs> it's really hard to see in the game when it's raining. But like even the character models have all had a big upgrade and they look less like those mobile versions and more like what you'd imagine Rockstar would make. As if like someone at Rockstar stole... I'm like, right, I'm, I'm sorting this out. I'm just, just mucked in. And single-handedly like made the game better kind of thing yeah. apparently it's still a mess kind of thing but it's better than it was apparently yeah. what they should have done in the first one yeah exactly yeah well I've genuinely not had many I've had a couple of crashes which has been frustrating on Vice City I've had crashes I didn't really have any on GTA 3 but it's just the control system is so old and yeah. like there's no real proper aiming it's all like auto aim with most guns and the auto aim's not that smart so it'll just get you killed because it'll target the wrong thing and there's just nothing you can do the guns that are free aim are just really clunky to use I'm having more fun with I've decided to play them in order so I'm having more fun with Vice City than I did with GTA 3 but I didn't finish GTA 3 I think I got to the last mission and I just I tried it a couple of times and just thought I can't be bothered anymore it's it just because it's one of those ones where they take away all your guns so you go into it with just a handgun and then you've got to try and kill people to get more weapons but the only weapons you can get is like the stupid free aim assault rifle, which isn't very good. So you just can't. It's just so difficult. Like I can't imagine playing them. Well, I suppose back then it would have been easier because you've got no frame of reference. But yeah. playing like modern games and going back to it, it just makes it really hard going. Is it is it the same controls as what it was back in the day? And we've got used to. Yes, I think essentially that's yeah. the problem. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we'll move on then from Grand Theft Auto. Uh, we got any any more games we want to talk about? Do we want to talk about any any anything in the gaming world? Yeah, I'll just get Steve's opinion uh, on the new Halo, new Halo game that dropped on our Game Pass. The, I've most, been, the most overrated, uh, the most underrated series. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think neither of those statements are true. <laughs> uh, I've been playing the multiplayer quite a bit. I think I entertained you guys with some of my high score tables from, uh, from the game. Yeah. When I was winning, winning every game, oh, yeah, loving that. I loved as well. I'm sure you sent a picture relating to someone else, but you made sure that when you sent that picture, you were top of your team on the scoreboard. <laughs> oh, right? that was just just, just accident, that. Yeah, yeah. Just, pure chance. Yeah, just, just so a, good. Take a photo at any time, and I'll be top of the top of the leaderboard. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the multiplayer was like perfect. I think like it literally is like a perfect game online. It's the perfect shooter. Really good. I think it's Halo's really interesting because it's so different than other first-person shooters. Uh, Destiny is sort of similar, where the time to kill is really high. So if you yeah. play like any other 
first person shooter games that I play like competitively online, like with Call of Duty, it's so easy to get killed instantly. Yeah, without that doesn't happen in Halo. You don't know who's killed you half the time. Yeah, so like somebody could come up on you in Halo, and if you're better than that person, you've got a chance of winning that fight. Whereas yeah. if that happens in in COD, you're you're dead. Unless that person's awful, you're yeah. dead. Off the top of your head, what is the best multiplayer first person shooter? Best multiplayer. For I Halo. have an answer for this. Halo Infinite. Okay. Uh, time split is two. Time split. Oh, do you know what? You threw me off there. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna. I was gonna say Team Fortress Two, but um, times. Oh, I love that. Um, and Counter Strike. Counter Strike's alright. There's no TF Two. Like, um, <laughs> I, 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 uh, what about you, Sam? Uh, well, I, was, I mean, I probably put the most hours into Call of Duty Four, other than Modern Warfare One, because that was like back in high school when you just. Go school, jump on a group. Yeah. And it's like, that's it for the night. And yeah. Well, I would be like, I thought that was great. With, I thought Call of Duty 4 was great all over. Yeah. But it's an interesting mention that because Call of Duty 4 came out the same year as Halo 3. Mm-hmm. And they were both, they were the two best shooters. They both revolutionised the shooting genre. Yeah. But in totally different ways. Like, and they're both still now, you're still feeling the effect of that Call of Duty now, which is Call of Duty 4. Yeah. From 13, 14 years ago. Halo Infinite is just Halo 3 <laughs> and they've just like refined the formula kind yeah. of thing but I think Halo Infinite has aged the gameplay of that is aged a lot better than Call of Duty has I've been replaying the Call of Duty Call of Duty 2 is amazing Call of Duty 3 um, it's not as good but then Call of Duty 4 just seems like there's a massive jump up and that's yeah. like what you, what you mean with like redefines like the era of those like those games and it's yeah. like but I totally agree it doesn't feel like the new cards have progressed like yeah they haven't moved on since from, then yeah from three to four and then four to now it's just like they're just rehashing four every yeah, year exactly <laughs> just I just like, see I've always looked at Call of Duty I know I'm going to sound like a bit of like uh, what's what's the word um, fanboy no <laughs> <laughs> no 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 um, a contrarian here like trying to take the opposite point of view but that's not like us <laughs> Call of Duty for me has always been just the casual shooter for casual gamers, and I always look at it, and, and I've I've never been, I've 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 enjoyed the campaigns, I've, I, the ones I've played, but I've always just seen them as those you know the most casual form of gaming is those, and I turn <laughs> turn my nose up at them because I think I don't know I think there's, there's a lack of creativity in in what you can do when Activision were literally churning out game after game after game year after year. There was there was never any there was never any creativity yeah. for me. You are right, but I think Fortnite's taken that casual mantle now. It's almost like Correct, Call of yeah. Duty is like been risen above, not because it's good, <laughs> just because Fortnite is like so kind of just the bars dropped. Yeah, the casual, <laughs> it's now the casual shooter yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, and it's free as well though. But the, the, so yeah, yeah, exactly. As much yeah. as you want to say Fortnite this and that, it's like that's a game they've put out for free. And you just got to play that now. I didn't even think of that. Like, that's why kids kid don't have to pay for it. Yeah, it's <laughs> free. You just get it, don't you? It's a genius <laughs> thing. Here's the free game. Go buy your Fortnite books, uh, and, and there you go. Yeah. Like, I suppose it's been like a situation like this where, because Fortnite's the spin off of like the actual Fortnite game. Yeah. There was an actual game, and they just made a free Battle yeah. Royale spin off. And everyone loved it. And like, that, that's just 100% eclipsed. I don't the think I even game. knew that. Like, yeah, yeah, that's, that's what it is. Like, it was an actual game. It was about. 
you fighting it was fighting zombies you, but you had to build the reason was building it you built yeah. your own defence and fought off the zombies I saw it and I thought oh it looks quite cool and then they just completely binned it off you have to remember as well though Fortnite didn't even invent the battle royale format they just copied that from Player Unknowns yeah. because like they had to build up the actual horde game they were, they were making kind of thing but yeah. Player Unknown yeah. copied it from Daisy. Yes, correct as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Daisy was probably the the very start of all this. Wasn't well, it was a it was a well it was a Daisy mod that becomes player unknown. Yeah. yeah. So there's there's like heritage there, but player unknown's really good. It's, it's a better battle royale. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to get on that with the group the pod group on microphones. That'd be a laugh. It was your game of the year, 2017, I think. I can't remember, you know, because like um, it was definitely one of them. But I'm not sure whether it was 2017 or 2018. Yeah, uh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I can't remember what year it was now. What year is it this year? <laughs> We've gone through a pandemic. 2019, isn't it? Yeah, yeah that's right, yeah. I'm, I'm going to go buy football manager 19. Manager's game of the year. <laughs> uh, should we move on then from Fortnite and Halo? Uh, yep. Uh, oh, sorry. What did you think of the campaign? Just a quick look. So I've put a couple of hours into it, and I think this has got a much longer campaign than previous Halo I've heard 25 hours been mentioned. And it's largely because they've done it open world. Yeah, and from what I've saw so far, it look it plays similar to Far Cry is probably the best analog for it. You go to a mission start point, and then you can do a mission from there. But at the same time, there's a whole the ring there. I think it's Halo Zeta is the ring that you're on, um, so you can explore that and there's items to find. There's essentially strongholds to clear out and stuff like that. Um, like, it's like Far Cry, like Far Cry, but it's it's fantastic, um, and it also looks incredible. Mm, I believe so, yeah. Considering when they first unveiled it and it looked a bit shoddy, uh, that must have been an early build. Oh, it definitely was. They just weren't ready to build. Yeah. They, they, it, they did the right thing in delaying it by uh, year. Like, the cutscenes are incredible. They, like, graphically, one of the best games I think I've played. Arguably, Forza 5 yeah, Forza's better, right, but looks better, but that's cheating because it's not, it's not fair. You cannot compare any Forza Horizon games to any other games. Because they they they've got magic. Like it just <laughs> their games just look too good for for anything. Oh, yeah, two uh, very good looking games there. Halo and uh, Forza. I know we want to move on, but of those games that have been released, like <clears throat> being that literally, because I mean, like when Pez came out and Thief came out, and it's a book bear of mine for a lot of recent games that they come out with glitches. What are they like? Are they you know what? Halo and Forza have just been perfect out the gate, kind of thing. Like, no issues. Like. There were some issues with Forza, but it was. No, no, Shut up, But it was like. It was stuff like the online didn't quite. Some of the matchmaking was a bit wonky. Right. But a lot of people don't play Forza Horizon online. The, yeah. You play it as a single player game because it has the whole driver tar thing, which is just AI. Controlling your friends' yeah. stuff with like m- magic, like I already said, <laughs> magicians. <laughs> so they've just done black magic to do it. Um, but there was a couple of iffy matchmaking. But then the thing to remember with Halo and Forza is that they've effectively free to people with Game Pass. So when there's a lot of issues, and it, the, the only issues that both of them have had has been matchmaking and connectivity issues. And that's because everyone's playing them like immediately, yeah. like everyone's straight in day one playing them. So it's a big strain. You also give it a bit more leeway as well, probably, knowing that you've got it included in your Game Pass rather than, I've just spent 50, 60, 70 quid yeah. nowadays. So it's not working kind of thing. Yeah. Like, uh, you're much more willing to give it an hour than try again. Like, yeah. One last thing on that, though. Halo. <clears throat> Some people did moan about the progression system on it, saying, oh, it takes too long to level up and stuff. But I'm fine with that. I don't I don't want to level up that quick. You know what I mean? Like, it'll... 
it's basically the people who want to like get to level 50 <laughs> straight away kind of thing they've yeah. deliberately this season lasts until May or something I think so they're making it last so like no one will be like level 50 after one day kind of thing and everyone's like oh you've got to actually play the game to level up this is ridiculous <laughs> it's like shocking yeah. you've got to play the game you supposedly love to level up kind of thing yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. it's funny you mentioned like that that idea there it's like I was watching the trailer for Godfall because uh, that's the free game oh so yeah that's the, yeah. the uh, PS Plus game yeah. yeah yeah so free I say free it's like it's part of your PS Plus subscription that you still have to pay for people yeah. get um, nitpicky about that but I'm happy with just saying it's free because yeah. you, I pay Game Pass but it's because I play games online which is what I'd be paying for Xbox Live mm. so I'm happy just saying Game Pass games are free well the, the reason I bring it up is because on the trailer for that game they literally say uh, max out your level instantly so because I'm coming to this game never haven't seen it before I've never played it and it's like match your friends levels and all this and it's like so the idea is that it's trying to rope people in who brand new in they can go do all the end game content with the mates who are max level I do see the appeal of that to be perfectly yeah. honest but then on the other side I'd be like you know, I'd probably want to start a character from from scratch if yeah. you want to play the game properly. Like. Like the appeal for me is the journey of actually yeah, leveling yeah. up, like as opposed to just jump into the top level within yeah. a, a day or two kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's what you used to have to do with like fables, Pokemon, or even like WoW and Lineage. You have to, yeah. you, you have to grind. Like, wow, people don't want to grind when you got yeah. like speed runs on YouTube and. Like, yeah, <laughs> but that's what bothers me. Like cause people are talking about Halo. So I've got to grind online to get this. Like, no, you've got to play. You've got to play online like that. Supposedly, you like playing yeah. the game. So, like, <laughs> what's the problem? Kind of thing? <laughs> this is why I don't like <laughs> online shooters and that sort of thing in general. Anyway. Yeah, that attitude. Kind yeah, because like, yeah. it, it's just it's just completely against the spirit of why I play games. It's just yeah, they don't like well, the game basically. Yeah, you were saying about <laughs> Halo, like. You were playing Capture the Flag, but no one was actually playing Capture the Flag. Oh, so when you mentioned that, like me and Steve were not that on the walk over here. Capture the Flag is one mode that I don't like because if people don't play the objective, yeah. the game just goes on forever. It's like, no one captures a flag. It's, everyone's just killing each other like a, like a team deathmatch. It's like, yeah. guys, we've got to capture the flag, otherwise we'll be here all night. Like, <laughs> the game's are like twelve minutes long. You know, I want to finish this. <laughs> but yeah, um, the, the other game modes are great. Yeah. Good, good. Uh, I want to move on from Halo now. Um, have we got any other games we want to talk about, or should we move on? I've got a pair of games that I'm calling my games of the year, and I think it's just because I've not played many games extensively from this year of happening. Um, and they're both sort of like smaller studio games. Um, the main one, really, is The Artful Escape. Oh, I've not played it yet. I've really um, wanted to play this. It's Obviously, it's on Game Pass, because every could play is on Game Pass. Yeah. Uh, this podcast is brought to you by Microsoft Game Pass. <laughs> oh, I imagine. <laughs> um, Can I just mention the way as well, like, Joe, you'll love this game. Like, yes, yeah, so I was about to say this. So is this on, on most consoles, or just the Xbox? Oh, on every console. It's on every console, it's, yeah. so you'd have to buy it, but I genuinely think you'd love this game. Okay. The gist is, it's, it's, a, it's an Annapurna game. Annapurna Studio we just make interesting games that's the whole thing is just making weird interesting stuff just to mention though they're actually a film studio as well they've got into the game market kind of thing so like they actually make movies oh, Annapurna no. yeah yeah so that's why everything they make is so like cinematic and stuff like yeah. so like it's one of those where there's been a lot of arguments over whether or not it's actually a game it's because um, arguably a lot of the time you're just like walking your guy across the screen but the gist of it is you're just um you're a, a musician who is tipped to be the next big folk singer because his uncle was the best folk singer that's ever been. Basically, his uncle uh, was Bob Dylan. Hmm. But he doesn't want to be a folk singer. So it's about him just going on like a little journey overnight to discover himself. Um, don't really want to go too much into it because, you know, let's not spoil the ending. Oh, yeah. That's the name of the show. Yeah. <laughs> 
But uh, it's just fantastic. It's just honestly one of the most stunning games I've ever played. It does feel a little more. It's weird as well because the only sort of gameplay elements in it is um, it's sort of like a rhythm game where you're matching button prompts. Uh, and I hated those bits because they just felt like they ruined the game a little bit for me because I just wanted to just do the story. I didn't want to like stop and do any of the like. Do like a quick time event. Yeah, I didn't want to do any little mini games as you go and I just wanted to carry on with the story. Um, it's very short. I think it's only like five hours or something like that. It's a really quick game to burn through. But honestly, one of the best games I've ever played. What was that? What was the name of that game against? It's The Artful Escape. Okay. From, I watched the trailer, John. From, I thought that's your kind of game when I saw it. Like okay. uh, very musically, you know. Uh, yeah. It's yeah. It's sonically very good kind of thing. It's all about music. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. uh, you can just um, you can just press a button and you're walking around and your guy just plays his guitar as you're walking around. See, I'm, I'm into that. Yeah. Like, oh, it's fantastic. And you know, sometimes the world reacts to you playing, and that wouldn't happen if you weren't playing, which yeah. I love. I think that's a great touch. I, I enjoy games where music music music's important to them. Like what well, you were talking there about playing instruments and stuff is like. I remember playing the Outer Wilds and the the, the the way they use music in that game. I don't want to really spoil any of it, but the way they use music in that game is like integral to some of the some of the feelings that you can get out of it. It's, yeah, yeah. No, honestly, it's a, it's properly astonishing. I absolutely adored it. Um, I think it's going to do well, like just in general for game of the years. I think it's going to be like a contender for a lot of people. Uh, I think it's really quite well regarded, but it is just an absolutely. It's if you have like. An Xbox and it's, it's on Game Pass, so you can literally pay it for free. You can probably do it over two nights. There's absolutely, I think it's genuinely a must play if you're on, uh, if you've got Game Pass. I think it's a must play anyway. It's just if you can play it for free, you should absolutely play it. Very good. Um, I'll definitely be getting on that. The second one I've got is also a indie game and it's a game called Sable. Oh, I remember you mentioning this. Yeah, um, that, it's yeah. been around for quite a while, but it only really comes to the consoles this year. Um, it's a very weird game. It's again pretty short, um, but it's it's a sort of kind of like a post-apocalyptic world, but it's never really explicitly stated what happened. You just get like the odd hints from like doing missions and stuff like that. Well, I say doing missions, just wandering around. The whole game is at a certain point in everybody's life in this universe, you just go on a trip. Like you just go on a trip to find yourself, uh, which might be a little bit of a theme with the pair of yeah, games. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. Nothing to do with me coming job, jobless and <laughs> <laughs> wanting to find out what's happening. Um, but yeah, so at every point, like a young person gets a little hover bike and they just go out and then they find out what they want to do with the rest of their lives. Um, so that's literally the game. Is you just get on your little hover bike and you just go out and explore the world. Um, there's just no real aim to it. It's just, it's just you just fly around. Um, it's... It's kind of self-shaded. It's the graphic style they've gone for it. Yeah, and I the like music, the art style too. Yeah, yeah, the music's really nice. Um, and it's a really chill game. There's no real enemies in the game to fight. It's literally just flying around and exploring. And like some little snippets of the world, you'll only find out if you just fly around and you just see like a rock outcropping in the de- middle desert and you go, I bet there's something on top of that. And there will be. And it'll just be like something that gives you a little hint about the world. Um, it's a bit creepy in parts because everyone wears a mask and the master takes what your job is and the way you... I did actually post a video in the group chat of you getting a new mask and it, the, you getting a new mask is just you reaching into the face of a weird entity and pulling out a new mask. <laughs> They're going elbow deep in the face. It's, it's very strange. Um, but it's just really good. It's just, again, it's like, like the Apple Escape. It's just, just a really lovely way just to spend a bit of time when you're not shooting aliens. Yeah, very good. Yeah, very I like good. it. That's good. 
I'll uh, pick up from what Steve finished on there, uh, my number three game of the year. Have you have you been on a journey of self-discovery as well, John? <laughs> well, specifically, Steve's last couple of words, I've been, uh, number three is aliens fighting, but <laughs> 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 uh, equally, uh, equally wholesome as a... <laughs> Yeah, I just mentioned in there, number three, Aliens, Aliens Fireteam Elite, uh, third-person shooter, team-based shooter, squad shooter, in the vein of Left 4 Dead. I don't know if you guys have heard of it, but Back 4 Blood came out this year, and everyone was bigging up as the new Left 4 Dead, it's by the Turtle Rock Studios, I think the same people who made Left 4 Dead. Uh, and it's called Back 4 Blood, but because this came out a month earlier, I blasted this for a month, Aliens Fireteam Elite. And then I just wasn't ready for another team-based shooter after that. I was like, I don't want to... I did, like, two missions on Back 4 Blood. I was like, it's good, but... You'd feel your appetite for a while. Yeah, I'm burnt out on this. And uh, anyone who's after a Left 4 Dead kind of shooter, get on Aliens. It's come to Game Pass uh, next week. It is come to Game Pass. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I bought it digitally on PS5, so I'm stuck with it now. Like, (laughs) (laughs) can't even sell it. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, if you're after a team-based shooter, get on Aliens, fight Team Elite. It does the trick really good. Uh, number two, another another little indie uh, game, uh, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart on PS5. Yeah, a top indie developer. Yeah, 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 yeah. Little, little known game. Uh, but uh, I, I've never been interested in Ratchet and Clank before. Uh, I only got this one because like there weren't many PS5 exclusives coming out at the time, so I thought you know big big new game. I'll jump on this, and it is amazing. Like it's so good. Uh, it's like playing like a live action Pixar film. Like yeah, I was gonna say is this this is it's got a subtitle to it, hasn't it? Rift Apart, I think. Rift Apart, yeah. yeah. Ratchet and Clank are Rift Apart yeah. or something. Ratchet and Clank's been through a number, like they've, they've, it's been been through a journey that that series in general they did. Yeah, they did the, the the first few games, and then they did a film, and then they did a game about the film. And yeah, that's all, right. That, yeah, but the, the game about the film is also a reboot of the first game. Yeah, like which is weird. So it was a game about a reboot of the game. But apparently that game is really good, and I've got it through PS Plus. I've, I've, yeah, I've played uh, some of it. And I watched a few videos, and it looks really similar to the new one. Obviously, the new one is a lot shinier and stuff like better graphics. But I'm now interested in going back and, and playing uh, that, that Ratchet and Clank reboot game. From what I've played of that reboot game that they did on PS4, uh, that that Gen One, um, I, I've played about half of that. I thought it was a, it was a good game. It was, yeah. it was definitely a top platformer for for the time. And the characters are charming as well. Like, just like spending time with the characters in the game, like the dialogue and stuff's really well written and funny and stuff. And uh, yeah, I like Clank. Yeah, like a live action uh, Pixar movie. You know what I mean? Like that you're controlling, and it looks—it's the best looking game I've ever seen. Like, it looks incredible. Like, uh, yeah. so good. It's a, before you move on from that, John. Uh, yeah, the, the Ratchet and Clank thing—it's—it's—it's it's an interesting one because graphics have got so good on a PlayStation now, and sorry, not just PlayStation, like next gen in, in general. That you're right. It is like playing like a Pixar, almost yeah. like a, you're almost playing a CG film on a console now. There's one bit early in the game when you're on like a parade going through the uh, the streets of whatever the whatever the, the planet is you're on, and like there's just thousands of people like lining the streets, and it's like this is like a, a movie. It's, yeah, it really hit me like the big leap, you know, forward kind of thing. Yeah, uh, yeah so I definitely recommend that for uh, any PS5 owners. Yep, it's a must play. But number one, I've got a. I hope no one's expecting a good a good game here because I've got a bit here of here we go. <laughs> I think I gave Tomb Raider, Rise of the Egyptian, like uh, game of the year in twenty eighteen, yeah, like six stars or something. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Uh, but number one game of the year, Hot Wheels Unleashed. <laughs> <laughs> Purely on a how much have I played this game, and I played this way more than any other game this year. Amazing arcade racer. You're all about your arcade racing, Joe. I've played a lot of Trackmania recently. Forza, yeah. uh, what, not Forza. Uh, what, Horizon Chase. 
That one, uh, that and very much in that mold, but you're, you're racing Hot Wheels yeah. cars, and, and like, and obviously, it's got the Hot Wheels license, so you're like, oh, a kid's toy game, but it's like, it's amazing. It's the mechanics of playing it is so good, and it looks incredible. The track building apparently is really good. I'm not even t- not even touched on that. Like, I didn't think of that with you mentioning yeah. uh, what's it called, Trackmania Turbo. Tra- Trackmania Turbo, yeah, 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 yeah. Similar, similar aspect. Uh, but it's an amazing game. Uh, and obviously, I just love arcade racing games kind of thing. So, yeah, number one game of the year. If you're into, you know, your Horizon Chase Turbo. Yeah, Horizon Zero Chase Turbo. <laughs> or uh, even Forza Horizon, which probably should have been on this list. But uh, if you're into any of them, give a Hot Wheels Unleashed a try. It's uh, amazing. Very good. Yeah. Uh, are they put in... I, I, I don't know if this is true or not, but... The different toy sets, I'm, I'm sure you can buy them as DLC, is that right? Oh, you, you know what, you've actually mentioned a point that I wasn't I wasn't going to bother mentioning this, but it's worth mentioning. I am so sick of DLC, like, <laughs> across the board for anything. I, I actually realised the other day, because I bought the DLC for Hot Wheels Unleashed, and it's all that DC stuff, you can get like, the Batmobile right. and Bane's little car and stuff. Like <laughs> Bane's like, famous car, yep. And I was like, uh, I finished the whole game and I thought that was absolutely amazing. It took me a month to finish it. I was like, that, that was an amazing game. That I loved it. But I started playing the DLC and I was like, it's good, but I'm done with this game. I finished it. Like, they're just giving me more shit to go through. Like, and I just feel like DLC, they're just selling me the same shit with different, like, skins on it. Isn't it? That, I mean, I, I don't know. That's probably obvious. But in the old days, you'd get a sequel and it'd be like a totally new game with new controls and stuff. And the, the whole thing would be revamped. Now they can charge 50 quid just for this shite DLC. And I bought it and I played like two two laps of it and I was like, I'm not going back to that. Like, I, f- I finished the game. Like, I finished yeah. the game already. <laughs> I don't need any more of this shit to play. Like, yeah. Uh, probably not the best recommendation for Hot Wheels. <laughs> yeah, I think, Still game of the year. <laughs> <laughs> DLC's a funny one because it can range from being overpriced tap to being really good. Game changing, like, yeah. yeah. Like, I think the, the best example is Dead or Alive. Uh, I think you've got Dead or Alive 6, haven't you, John? Yeah, yeah. I saw that on the store recently. You can buy Dead or Alive 6 now for about seven quid or something. Uh, if you want the season pass, the first one, I think that's about 40 quid. Season pass two, that's like another 40 quid. Yeah. yeah all you're getting is some saucy outfits. Some wedding, wedding costumes in there as well, like wedding yeah, outfits. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to buy that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, the goods are fighting. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, but the, the idea of that is that you're going to buy a season pass, which is going to be filled with like, you know, a bunch of saucy outfits and that. But you're not, you're not like getting any, like, you're not going to be able to play that game and unlock them. You've paid for them and you've just got them. And it's like, what? You're playing the same game modes over and over again, but now you've got an extra, like, you know, if you buy all the season passes, what have you got? Like, possibly hundreds of extra costumes. Yeah, like, that's just, you, just, that's just, just ridiculous. There's no there's no drive to go and play the game after that point. Like, yeah. It's just, I know it was like an obvious thing to say, but it really hit me the other day that I bought this, paid 30 quid for this Hot Wheels season pass, volume one. It's only volume one. Yeah. <laughs> but it's the same game, just with like reskin stuff. And I thought, with Dirt 5 last year, I loved Dirt 5 and finished it. I bought the DLC and played like two tracks and then never went back to it. Because you've played it. <laughs> you've played the game already. Like, I don't have the interest to go back and play it anymore because I finished it. You know what I mean? And I'm done with it. Like, that's it, done. So maybe it's just the way I play games kind of thing. Like, when I finished it, I'm done. Like, it's like. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's very rare that I buy DLC, like, if I really like the game or if it's cheap and, like, something's good. So, for example, Sonic Mania, they released a Sonic Mania Plus, and it was like, I think it was like £2 for the DLC. 
But you get two new characters for that and a full new game mode. Yeah. And, and that, like, Sonic's a simple game anyway, but you just add those extra elements in and you, you've, you've, you've got hours more content. Yeah. Just simply off, like, an extra £2. Pound. So. I say that, that in that case it works kind of thing. Yeah. Just for the kind of person I am, I think no more DLC for me. Like I've got to stop buying this shit. I don't play it. Like, I barely buy myself. Are you always buying DLC, John? For racing games, Dirt Five, Hot Wheels Unleashed, <laughs> yeah. Horizon Chase Turbo. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So I'll stop. That. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, uh, we finished with games then. Uh, we we done with games. Yeah. 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 Uh, should we move on to television? Television. What have we watched recently? Anybody? Uh, I've been watching Dexter. Oh yeah, oh. Dexter New Blood. Yeah, I'll just quickly mention it because I wasn't I wasn't gonna watch it. I was gonna wait until it all come out and then binge it. But I've caved, and so five episodes out at the moment. I think I'm enjoying it. <laughs> There's a lot of it where it's kind of uh, it doesn't feel like Dexter, and it goes off in like a slightly different direction. There's just parts of it where I don't like it. And then there's bits of it where it really does feel like Dexter, like the old stuff, and it's like that's that's what they need to hold on to and go. go Can I get really specific on that though? What Dexter does it feel like in terms of the seasons? <laughs> it is a very <laughs> it's a very up and down show, that isn't it? Because for me, Dexter season five onwards already doesn't feel like Dexter season one yeah, to four. No, I completely agree with that. I think it does feel like early I'll say original Dexter yeah <laughs> like season 1 to 4 is like because I whenever I did like a rewatch I'd always do season 1 to 4 and then just call it quits there yeah it, yeah it drops a bit doesn't it yeah I, I think um, with with me Sam I've watched the first like episode of it Um I really enjoyed that first episode yeah. um, I don't know whether it's just the fact that it's Dexter back on my TV after 10 years I've not I don't yeah. think I've gone back and watched Dexter since it finished airing I think that spoilers I think the final scene of the first, <laughs> the first run of Dexter I think that was enough to put me off Dexter for a few years <laughs> so it took a full decade for yeah, me yeah. to go right I'm ready for Michael C. Hall again to was be Dexter a series 8 sorry that was that what series 8 I think so yeah, did a lot of seasons yeah um, but, and it, yeah, but watching that first episode of Dexter New Blood, I really enjoyed that. I loved yeah. getting back to know like Dexter again because it was like maybe it's a nostalgia hit. I think nostalgia is one of them things that can cloud your judgment on whether something's any good or not. But yeah, I, I enjoyed that first episode and I'm looking forward to continue watching it. Yeah, I do think it gets better after the first episode because I wasn't totally convinced by the first episode except the last scene, if you like, of the first episode mm. where it felt like it was getting back to how it should feel and then it's it's got better since then so I like it very good very good it's funny you mention that though I'm sure that there's something I'm thinking of now like that where like a show came back or something and the whole episode was it always Breaking Bad was it the, and is it so far with Breaking Bad where the first episode doesn't feel like anything like Breaking Bad then in the last 10 minutes of an episode it's like everything just goes off the fucking floor like, <laughs> it's like oh yeah this is Breaking Bad <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't remember the exact thing I'm thinking of but I'm yeah. sure it's a Breaking Bad episode where like yeah, I can't remember it's the one where he's trying to leave and he spends the entire episode trying to leave getting the uh, the guy to arrange oh, the blood for him with the van. Yeah, yeah. And in the end he goes back and it's like yeah. it kicks off and it's like this is Breaking Bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like to remind me what anyone was saying then. Like yeah. it's, yeah. If it's anything like Breaking Bad I'm definitely up for that. Yeah. Can't, well, the spoilers are Breaking Bad. It's going to be hard to bring yeah. back Breaking Bad though, isn't it? Yeah. Well, they, they brought the movie back. Uh, El Camino. Yeah. Oh, true, of course. We, we did, did a podcast on it. <laughs> we did a podcast on it. <laughs> We'll move on. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, 
Um, any more? Any more television that we watched that we want to cover this week? Yeah, I want to mention quickly if that's okay. Yeah, I keep saying this week, but by the rate we do these, don't spoil the ending shots. <laughs> Why I mean it's this year? This year, yeah. yeah. Uh, Ted Lasso, uh, the Apple TV uh, TV show. Uh, I believe Joe, you've started, but in I think you've watched all of it, haven't you? Uh, do you agree it's like the best TV show for years? I might not go that far, but <laughs> it is very, very good. It John, is, you, were, you, were, you were saying this is like the best show you've ever seen before. You said this was greater than Game of Thrones. I think it's better than Game of Thrones. You reminded me of Breaking Bad. So it could be, I think this show in a couple of years could be in the public domain and looked at in the same regard as Breaking Bad and Game of Thrones is. If yeah. it gets that kind of public swell behind it, kind of thing, yeah. because the stuff in the show, the uh, the drama and stuff is amazing. I think it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't feel like it's in the mainstream. But is that because it's on Apple TV? High format. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know you're right. Like, and if I was Apple TV, I would be fucking pushing this every. Yeah. This is the only thing they've got worth watching. <laughs> but they have pushed it, and I mean, like, it was advertised on podcasts, and I'm sure, like, on Sky Sports, it was like they did trails on there. But it looked crap. Yeah, like the adverts. The adverts. I I didn't go to. I didn't really watch this very, like quickly. But after it came out, as in season two came out, and I think I finished it just as like the last episode of that was coming out. But that's because the adverts looked absolutely terrible. They made like Ted Ted out to be an absolute buffoon American yeah. in, Clown, in English English football, and I was like, I'm not watching that. But when you actually watch it, it actually has depth to characters, builds a story, builds those characters, and you get involved in it. And it's like that's great. Yeah. <laughs> but they don't they don't put any of that out there. Yeah. Well, I was gonna, I was gonna say I came in and as I was first watching it, I thought are they gonna make this guy out to be just like a clown? But after two episodes, I don't know how it goes on after the first two episodes, but there is a real depth to that Ted Lasso character, yeah. like a legitimate yeah. depth to it. Um, like say the thing is like. The, again, the advertising, they make it look like if you ask a Premier League football fan, oh, what would it be like if the American coach came over and coached the football team? They were like, oh, so playing American football with the hands and all that. And that's what the marketing kind of like builds yeah, on. Exactly. And it's, he's actually an amazing coach. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I wanted to ask as well. Like, obviously, I've only watched the first two episodes where it could all change, but I get the impression that he's not only like, his methods are a bit unorthodox, but he's actually like, the most genuine guy on the show. Yeah. And he's also like really talented at what he does, even though it's a completely different sport. That's why I'm picked up up to now. And like the reason I love it is the ethos that like, there's a thing throughout the show. Have you read much about it in a minute at all? Like the whole show is based basically, do you know how like My Name Earl had like karma running through it? Yeah. It's like the theme of the show, which is Scientology basically. That's the, that's the actual theme that I didn't tell you about, but they had like a karma running as the theme, the theme be through My Name is Earl, which is why the show worked. This is all based on like the writings of a guy called Walt Whitman. Have you heard of it? They mentioned it in the show in the end. Right. At the end of series one. And uh, he wrote like stuff about like he's an American poet from the 1800s. And he wrote like outlooks on life and stuff. And they've incorporated all that stuff into the show because Jason Sudeikis loves Walt Whitman. <laughs> and it's like, that's why the show works. They've built it on like this amazing foundation kind of thing. Yeah. And it's when he's playing the darts game in episode seven or eight when he beats uh, Giles from Buffy at yeah. darts. Uh, he quotes Walt Whitman and it's right. like this amazing speech he gives about like how he's always been like underestimated about his life and stuff. Yeah. It's like, that's the best thing I've seen on TV for yeah. fucking years. That, yeah. that is amazing. Uh, yeah, so it's all based on the, the, the like, 
a writer's like ethos kind of thing, like the what the reason he is the way he is kind of thing and stuff like that. Do you get what I mean if I say that it comes off as quite a charming show? Like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. A charming it, character. Like, yeah, definitely. It's, it's, it's charming, yeah. yeah. You want him to be like your, your sports yeah. coach. You want him to do well. <laughs> it's like you're really pulling for him. Like, yeah. I think another thing in the show is that in so many football remakes, not remakes, but when they try and portray football on screen, it just doesn't work. And I feel like... I still feel like it doesn't work in this, but you almost forgive it. For you that. know what, though? I think I it actually know. does at times. Like, there's a bit... In series one, I think, where Roy Kent chases down uh, Jamie Tart and tackles him. It's like... Yeah. I say, maybe that's right. It almost works. Like, yeah. it's way better than, like, yeah. uh, the goal films or anything like that. Like, it's like... I'm fine with that because it almost looks like real football. <laughs> yeah. There's also episodes where, like, they don't show football at all. And it's yeah. kind of like... I was going to say, I don't recall seeing any football yet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> because, it's, because it's about the characters. Yeah. So it's, not, it's not about football. It's like... And... I think you could watch it if you weren't interested in football and still find it a good good TV show. Yeah. And also, it might be interesting from Joe's point of view. I don't know if you agree with this, but even when I started the show, I thought, oh, here we go, like the American coach who's always super happy and stuff and he'll show everyone the, 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 the error of their ways and they'll all be better people for it. It's just not that show at all. Like, he's got, like, massive issues himself and stuff. Mm-hmm. And the show deals with it later on, like, and it's like, people are calling it toxic positivity. Like yeah, I can like, see that. Like, yeah. That is so right. Like yeah. it's like it shows you cannot be like that all the time because you have all these other issues down the line, and that's masking all this other stuff like that. Well, I, so, I, I, I remember messaging. I remember messaging you about it. About um, I watched that first episode, and I remember saying, "Oh, this is a good recommendation." I've laughed out loud, like loud. I've laughed out loud. <laughs> I've laughed out loud, loads. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I'd send that about five, ten minutes before the end. And then the first episode ends on quite a grim note, really. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No spoils are out, but it's one of those moments where he's just like sort of like lying in bed, isn't it? It's just like, you don't really see, well, I've only gone off the first episode, but that was a complete, a complete atmosphere change from what the show had been up to up to that point. You know what that does as well? That point you mean, that you're talking about, it changes Ted from being like a character on a TV show coaching a football team to a real person. Yeah, it's exactly. Like, yeah. You're seeing his real life and his real family and stuff. It's like... So, yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, I'm invested already, like in this character. Yeah, it switches yeah. between those parts really well as, as well because it could be really clunky to get from one area to another, but they do it really well. Yeah. Definitely, like uh, it goes from like really weird laddish comedy, which is fine because it's a, a football football yeah. dressing room. So I say to these like really dramatic moments, kind of yeah, really, like some of the moments almost like yeah. yeah. What's the uh, assistant manager called? Coach, Coach Beard. <laughs> no, sorry. Um, the dear form. Nate. Not, yeah, Nate. Nate. The coach. Well, he's sort of tra- a trainer. Well, no, in trainers, he's a kid man, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. Oh, does, he, does he become a coach? Like, <laughs> <laughs> but like, in that switching between like moods, he's like dressing down like loads of players in the dressing room and it goes from proper comedy to yeah. really solid. Oh, God, yeah. And it's great. And they've got a character in it. I'm sure you met him. Uh, it's just Roy Keane, basically. He's even called, oh, it's yeah, called yeah. Roy Kent. <laughs> <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. I think I didn't pick up on that one, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's like when he gets that dressing down, he just looks at Nate like, it's like yeah. yeah, Roy Keane. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited to carry on watching that like more than any other show that I'm trying to watch at the minute. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm excited about that. Can I just mention something? I don't want to offend you here, him as well, but like, 
Joe, if there's one character in that show who reminds you of Inman, who would it be? Not visually. <laughs> I'm going to struggle off, off one episode. <laughs> like, I was watching it, like, and I was like, Coach Beard is Inman. <laughs> not, not, not because you've got a beard. <laughs> but, like, just his manners and stuff was like... Inman, I could see Inman coaching a football team like that. <laughs> 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 I don't mean to offend you, man. I'm not no, going to pop like that. <laughs> One of my favourite characters is Coach, coach Beard. Like, yeah, I was like, yeah, that reminds me so much of Inman. That's like. <laughs> <laughs> so one character who reminds me of you, John, that Roy Kent. <laughs> oh, I was thinking about Ted Lasso. But... Oh, no, I'm, a, I'm all Led Tasso from uh, Series 2. <laughs> Remember that? The, uh, yeah. That little moment there, uh, you just forgot you were on a podcast. It was like, yeah, yeah, hey, yeah. Do you remember? Do you remember Led Tassel? Oh, Joe, you've got to get on it. It's yeah, so good. To get on that. Season three will be an odd one because they've left out a really weird cliffhanger, in my opinion. Well, can I mention, like, that the guy who plays Roy Kent is one of the writers for the show yeah yeah and it's a three series arc that's all they ever planned like right, everything's okay. meant to get tied up in series three and he's been talking publicly publicly now about what do we do do we like drag oh, it out it. like you we drag it out it. like Game of Thrones or do we end it like we were going to end it because yeah, yeah. like, everyone loves it now so I'm always hoping that they do end it as, as much as I enjoy it mm-hmm. just round it up properly like you were going to rather than or walking down to my, my go-to for that is always the first season of True Detective. Mm-hmm. If you'd have finished True Detective after season one, yeah. I'd have been that's the greatest TV episode. show I've ever seen. And then they did season two, and I was like, well, yeah. the first season of that is one of the best things I've ever seen. Everything after that, I pretend they did end it after series one. Yeah. <laughs> just just tell, tell yourself that. Yeah. Uh, I know the different stories and stuff, but still, you know, the first series was so good. Yeah, oh, amazing. Yeah. Um, Ted Lasso then we'll move off we'll move off Ted Lasso have yeah. we gone with television so there, just briefly I wanted to just see if anyone's watched Wheel of Time no I do want to um, the series is quite good I won't really go too much into that because it's it's just it's just a general fantasy show talking of Game of Thrones wannabes though that's a well, it is. Um, but interestingly it's based off one of the worst books I've ever read in my life oh no because I've never read is it Robert Jordan Robert Jordan wrote the Wheel of Time series absolute drivel I, I thought it was really like... difficult to read I but the one we got, the one regarded them aren't they like it's like one of the best sci-fi books or something. They're a bit. I think they are a bit marmite-esque. Right. Where right. it's like you either like it or you don't. But it's really difficult to read. Very boring. Like not as good as Lord of the Rings. But the series is actually really good. But the main TV show I want to talk about is The Expanse, um, which is honestly one of the. Where can uh, we watch this, Steve? You can watch it on your TV. <laughs> you can watch it on Amazon Prime because quite famously. It was on Netflix, and then they dropped it after one or two series. I didn't know that. Um, and then it was picked up by Amazon Prime, and now there's six um, series. Well, it's Americans of seasons. Um, but it's honestly fantastic. I've just been unable to stop watching it, like literally unable. Oh, I've been watching it, I think, oh, I'll just do this last episode, and then I'll give it a rest. And then something will happen at the end of the episode. It's like, no, I've, I've got to. I've just got to watch another episode. I can't let it end there. It's just incredible it's it's I wasn't expecting it to be good I actually started watching it again because me and some of my other friends were talking about the Battlestar Galactica uh, series and what a good sci-fi show that was and it got me in the mood to watch a sci-fi show this is one of the only really like big long sci-fi series out at the minute so I'll give it a go um, and I was just absolutely hooked the gist of it is is it's it's a future space travel is a thing but only in our solar system we've not really got beyond um, the solar system 
and there's three main factions. You've got Earth, and then you've got Mars, which was the first colony that split off to become its own separate superpower. And then you've got what, uh, a group that call themselves the uh, Outer Outer Planets Alliance, the OPA, who at the start of the first series are basically treated like terrorists because Mars and Earth own the solar system. But they treat the... They call themselves the Belters. They treat the people in this serious belt um, as second-class citizens. They, uh, they've just left to like do all the crappy jobs. They go mining asteroids for water. They send all the resources. They don't get any of the profits. They live in like rubbish space stations and they're treated as like second-class citizens. So there's a lot of animosity there. And because they don't have any representation, they just start as being a terrorist group, essentially. It sounds like Total Recall. Honestly, the way the politics is dealt with it does make it seem, because we already mentioned it, like, makes it seem like Game of Thrones in space. Yeah. Because uh, aside from all the sci-fi stuff that's happening, politics is such a big part of it. Some of the main characters are literally the Secretary General of the UN and stuff like that, which is like who will run Earth. But I think I've talked about before in the podcast, um, I really like it when a world seems real and it seems like lived in. And I love it when there's barely any exposition for the world. Because everyday things in the world wouldn't be explained because they're just everyday things. So one of the cool things I really like about it is everyone's name is mental because the idea is you, it's planets now. It's not countries, it's not cultures, it's just planets. So everyone's name is just a weird mix of different um, nationalities, names, stuff like that. So you've got um, like one of the principal characters is um, Jules Pierre Mao. And he, he looks like an Asian gentleman, but he just speaks with a French accent and has a French name because, like, everything's mixed so much because it's a global thing. Yeah. Um, so you get, like, people from Earth and Mars hate each other and they're constantly at the brink of war. But there's no real actual identity for either of those things. Like, unless you know where someone's from, you, you wouldn't know. Like, there's no difference. They're just, there's no racial difference at all, which I think is great, like, because it wouldn't be like that. There's no need to just say, oh, everyone from Mars looks like this and they look different from Earth. So that's why they hate each other. I think it just really neatly sidesteps all that and it just has them look exactly the same. It's just their ideologies that are different. I remember you saying the same thing about, is it Tales of the Loop? Tales of the Loop was the, was, I think it was the one I was on about, <clears throat> because that doesn't explain any of the weird yeah. science stuff because that's just normal life. Yeah. So one of the really cool things they do is all the belters, they speak in a... Um, in like a form of pidgin English. Well, it's not pidgin English, really. They've got their own language, essentially. But the way they've done it is um, they've just jammed loads of different languages together and then just that's their language now. So there's a bit of slang and there's a... But they'll be speak, they'll speak in the language and, like, you don't know what they're saying necessarily because why would they explain what their language yeah, means yeah. to you? They would just speak their own language. You don't spell it out, basically. Yeah. yeah. But it's interesting because I speak a little Spanish and I can pick out some of the Spanish words that are in there, but then there's also like um, Hindi words in there. There's also a bit of um, of Mandarin in there. There's bits um, just a really hodgepodge of words of uh, languages, and then they've got their own versions of words as well, which contextually you can pick up, which is a, a great thing for figuring out a world. Like just from them speaking to each other, you can figure out what some words mean. Like they don't say people; they say like it's like load or something like that is what they say. Um, but they they'll call um, they'll call themselves belter loader, which you can figure out means oh people from the belt. But they'll call people from the uh, Mars and Earth 
in a loader because they're people from the inner systems. But just contextually from how they speak to each other, you can figure out what that means. Yeah. And I just think that's genius because it just makes, once you get invested in the world, it just makes you really interested. The other whole you know, thing... That reminds me of the loads that June. Yeah. June's like a mix of like Middle Eastern uh, philosophy with a... And they're all just humans kind of thing. And it's like, you've got Duncan Idaho, and then you've got like uh, Ralph Harkonnen, you know, like totally different. Like, and then you've got uh, like, Paul. It's yeah, just, Paul Atreides. Yeah. Like, yeah. And like he's, he's, he becomes Moadib, which is like a, like a Middle Eastern kind of influence kind of thing. Yeah, it's just, um, just the way they've got about it is fantastic. Some of the later series as well, 100% feel like you're playing a Mass Effect game, just for like some of the stuff that's going on. But I think it's just astonishing. It's one of the best TV shows I've ever watched. So much so that, like, whilst I've not really been working this week, I've literally watched four series of it. (laughs) 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 Almost a series a day because I've just been absolutely hooked. I can't remember the last time a TV show hooked me so, so much. It's just absolutely incredible. Steve, would you wear how many many stars would you give it? (laughs) I would honestly give it five out of five. Like, it's, and I very rarely top mark stuff, but. I've not had a single problem with it, and I really—it's one of it's probably one of those shows as well where they really need someone to watch up to where I'm up to, so I can talk about it. Because I really want to talk about some of the stuff in it. Emailing. Yeah. <laughs> Were you going for some kind of like interstellar kind of star reference? Like that? <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you were going for? No. <laughs> How many stars? <laughs> How many planets would you give that? Well, just one because it's so. <laughs> <laughs> Well, no, it's, it's astonishing. It's, uh, it's an incredible piece of uh, of drama, and I was really impressed with it. I wasn't expecting to be as hooked as I am in it. Because that was on two different platforms, is it all together on Amazon? It is all together on Amazon, <laughs> yeah. It's all there. Um, there's six series in it. I don't know if it's at six. Yeah, it's an interesting one, really, but um, it's, it's like... The f- one of the first times it's really happened because oh, wait, it was unfinished. That, that Lucifer TV show did a similar thing. Didn't it? it went from one platform to another. Do you remember that, that devil show? That did Lucifer not get dropped by a main network though? Was maybe, it not? Maybe. Maybe. Right. It went from a net- it up, yeah, yeah, I think it went from a network to Netflix. Yeah. So I think this is like one of the, or it's one of the most commonly known times where it's happened. Can you tell where like there's a switch over? Is it like is it no noticeably different between like? No, I like uh, I honestly am so much so that I've watched four series of it and I, I don't exactly know where the break was. Right. It was either after the first or second series, I think. But you, you honestly can't really tell. Yeah, as long as it's consistent, uh, it is. Yeah, um, it, I think it helps. It's based on a series of novels. I can't remember the name of the yeah. author for the life of me. But again, like just briefly going back to the Game of Thrones comparison, it does a lot of what. Um, Game of Thrones does where it's almost like um, several concurrent storylines and you do hop from different characters. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, a soap opera kind of thing like where you're hopping from different... Uh, almost. There's a couple yeah. of different threads going on and then sometimes they do collide. Uh, but honestly, and the series, unusually for an American show, the series are quite short so I think most of them are 13 episodes. I think yeah. four that I've just watched was only 10 because um, usually with an American show you end up with like 24 episodes in a series which... Yeah can be a bit exhausting sometimes. They're yeah. kind of getting away from that now, aren't they? They're, 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 they're slowly getting back, getting down to like the 10, 15 episodes a season kind of thing. Yeah. Yep. Very good. Um, we're going to more television before we move on to films. Or do you want to dive straight into films? We've got The Matrix coming up, but before we go on to The Matrix... Uh, I've been watching films. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of films. Um, series of films. Um 
don't know if you guys heard of them. Uh, Star Wars. Someone should have told me about these films ages ago. Like, so, just, really good. How, how many how many stars were oh. you? <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm actually like uh, John's uh, just just for some context. Uh, John's just got up to get a beer from the fridge, so he has left I think the. Uh, Grab the table. <laughs> He's going to watch the Star Wars. <laughs> you can carry on if you want to. I'll just watch. I think it's just on the side. We're not editing this out. This is staying <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Come on. Apologies. Apologies. Oh, where's my name? You're editing this. I'll edit all this. <laughs> I think you should leave this in. Can I get the loo while we're going to Cut it here. Cut it here. <laughs> After John forced us into a break there. Um, <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> uh, Sam, you're about to talk to us about a little-known film series called what was it? Star uh, Wars. Star Wars. Yeah. Okay. I think I think you should all give it a go. I'm, yeah. Well, I should have been told about this years ago. Just, I've never heard many people talk about it. But. Yeah, I've, ne- um, I've not heard a single person talk about Star Wars. Um, so borrowing Disney Plus off family member. I've always wanted to give like Star Wars a bit of a go because I feel like I've never really watched them, even though we've done Star Wars. It's like uh, nights out to the cinema. Yeah, well, I can't. I mean, I can't remember a single thing from those Star Wars. <laughs> Me neither. Sam. I've, I've been to these films. I don't remember. I never lost a drink though. I don't think I was. <laughs> um, but I think I've seen like episode one a couple of times, but I still it still just hadn't sunk in. But so I, I watched it in. Order of like four, five, six, then one, two, three, oh, and okay. then I'm watching four, five, six again, and then I'll do seven, eight, nine. Um, oh, I think they sort thought out the yeah the pattern all like that. I just they're actually really good. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't be so shocked or surprised, but I'm just like really, like really, really enjoying them. Like <laughs> imagine that tone you just took there, <laughs> talking about Star Wars, like yeah. the biggest film series, and you're like. <laughs> Did you definitely like them? Yeah. I mean, four, five, six are fantastic. Yeah. But Star Wars fans notoriously don't like other people liking Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> I think I can't because I've not seen the originals and I'm watching it on Disney. I'm guessing and it, there is like so they're the 4K versions and they'll all be like touched up and stuff like that and it's kind of like so well, I can't really tell. I think they've almost been they've not been touched up in terms of the effects. But they've put them through a filter and I think they look like shit now right. on Disney. But still 4K you know like uh, just the, the colour time and stuff's been changed for them by right. Disney which I think is scandalous but yeah sorry go on <laughs> but I just think like even 4, 5 and 6 like stand up with visual effects and everything like that I was like really impressed with actually how they looked and then yeah just really the last, uh, the last update in the Fet Squad was 2005 for stuff like that right so the it was like original 77, 80, 83 did them all in 97 for the special editions. Yeah. Then he did a DVD box set in 2005 and Lucas put the final touches to all the uh, the effects and stuff. Steve, so I recently watched um, the latter two um, 
Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. And I agree, they really hold up. The only bits that don't hold up was the stuff that he put in that special edition box, DVD yeah, box set in 2005. Right. They're the only bits that look bad. Return of the Jedi. Is it just because they look out of place? They, they compared do look out to, of place. Yeah, yeah. So. I mean, but I think that whole Jedi Rocks thing in Jabba's Palace is absolutely terrible. Like, yes. the music's terrible. Like, what yeah. were they thinking of? Do you remember that all in the bit where they're in a Jabba's Palace and they have like a musical number? Yeah. And it's a, some like duet alien couple yeah. singing. It's so bad. Like the original thing was just like a little like keyboard tune, and he he, he changed the entire thing to right. put this big musical number in there, and it's like it stands out, and it? it's like what's yeah, it? It's like it really stands out. Yeah. You see, you say it stands out, but I'm. I don't think I've you didn't notice because I've not seen the originals and sort of like I'm always, I'm looking at it with fresh eyes. That's <laughs> it's a good like, test, you know. The, it's yeah. all right. Um, I, yeah, quite enjoyed the that scene. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm done with that whole. No, because like Mandalorian is like really highly rated. Lots of people saying that's really good. So I watched a couple of episodes of that, oh. and you can actually you can kind of see like the throwbacks to like the original. Films yeah, in the Mandalorian yeah. more than what you can see any like throwbacks to episode one, two, and three. So it's like, but I've been I'm enjoying the uh, Mandalorian as well. So yeah, I thought the Mandalorian was great. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not totally picky about Star Wars stuff, but I thought all that was uh, fantastic. Yeah. Have you watched any of these side Star Wars films, so the solo film or Rogue One? I've seen Rogue One. But I won't be able to tell you anything about it because that's one of the similar films. <laughs> yeah, so Rogue One, <laughs> I think, is the best Star Wars film. What? <laughs> Rogue One's the best Star Wars film. Of the side films. No, of the Star Wars films. It is the best one. Uh, well. <laughs> it is the best one. We won't talk about the Han Solo film. We won't talk about Solo. Because that's not great. I think well, it might be better than... I think Solo might be better than Rogue One. Please. Come on, John. <laughs> I think for me it's probably... Uh, I think the best one's The Phantom Menace. No. No, you don't. No, no, I, I, yeah, I actually do. Yeah. But, but I do feel like you change the rankings weekly, so... That is right. <laughs> Inman, what are you saying for best film out of the first six? Um, Not including Rogue One and Solo at this point. I think it is episode four, but... Yeah. I mean, you're right. It is good. <laughs> it's pretty good. <laughs> I don't, I'm not even sure why I'm I can say why because I don't have the in-depth knowledge like you guys and I will be able to pick out like no I think five like, yeah, I think five my favourite Empire Strikes Back for me it's like generally the Phantom Menace or A New Hope I think bit of a toss up yeah because I love all the uh, Darth Maul stuff in the Phantom Menace I mean Phantom Menace is the better of the prequels for all, sure all five minutes of it <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm glad I'm chuffed you've watched it. That's great. I'm not, I'm not quite considering myself a Star Wars fan, but I'm enjoying it. You have to hate Star Wars to be a Star Wars fan. <laughs> <laughs> to embrace the dark side. <laughs> worth, mentioning, worth mentioning, obviously, you went to that live uh, performance of Return of the Jedi the other week. Oh, yeah. Yes, with uh, a full 72 piece orchestra playing along to the film. Um, and it was terrific. It was genuinely really, really good. Yeah. It was incredibly loud. Like, <laughs> like I've not saw live music for so long. You forget how loud stuff can be at like an actual gig. Mm. And I think because it's we it was in the Liverpool Philharmonic, so it's more of a theatre than like a, a gig, uh, like a music venue. Um, so it was uh, very quiet, and then everyone's just 
paying attention. A lot of clapping, which I thought was nice. Like, um, when there's a particular... Because Star Wars do all the excellent music. Like, uh, and then an orchestra is the best way to hear that music. So when you have a particular great bit of music, like, people were generally clapping for the orchestra, which I thought was really good. I think they got, like, a massive standing ovation at the end as well. But just some bits of music, like... Like, the Imperial March is a great bit of music. But, like, to hear that, like, with a full... Obviously, playing it, like, yeah, right Big Vader like rocks up on screen was just fantastic. I'm jealous of that. Genuinely, yeah. really, really good. That's how Jedi opens as well with Vader getting off that shuttle with the Imperial March blaring. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'll have to uh, try and catch that next time they're, uh, they're doing something like that. So these, every year, well, I think they skipped a year for last year because of the plague. <laughs> so, uh, so they've done all three of the originals. So, I'll be interested to see what they do with the Phantom Menace. That, that soundtrack's amazing as well. Um, yeah, that's, there, so. So I'll, be, I'll be really interested in like picking up tickets and going to watch it again. Yeah, um, I think just genuinely because the soundtracks are so good. Um, I think this should just be an option for more films, especially films that have such a good soundtrack. It would just be great to like watch it with like a an orchestra playing along. Be a lot of a uh, Spielberg eighties stuff, uh, Jaws, Back to the Future. You know, they all have big soundtracks, don't they? Yeah, it would just be mm. a really cool thing to see in there. Yeah, be well up for that. Okay, okay. Any more films, Steve? Uh, did you have any more? Um, so I watched a film called Riders for Justice recently. Has anyone heard of this? No. So it's the only it anything, anything to do with Fathers for Justice. <laughs> <laughs> so it's about when that man dressed up as Spiderman. It is. Uh, it's it's a Danish film, so it's in Danish. Um, I feel like I have the cheeky legs. Um, it stars Matt Mickelson, yeah. uh, who's the only recognisable name. Um, I'm, a, you know, not being Danish myself. I don't know any of the actors. Alec. I listened to a podcast like, a few weeks ago. Was it like almost like a comedy almost kind of thing? Like a point, like quite funny and stuff. No. Oh. <laughs> yeah. um, so I went into it thinking it was basically a Danish taken. Um, it's it's not. It's just really good. It's um. It was interested. Favorite. Uh, <laughs> so it follows some beats. Uh, essentially, um, some stuff happens, and it's like uh, uh, the the main character, Mad Mikkelsen, is uh, like a Danish special ops soldier, uh, and it's him trying to figure out what happened, and him going on a bit of a, a bit of a rampage. Um, but it's genuinely really good. Um, the, the supporting cast of characters are terrific in it as well. And I think that's what stopped it just being like a sort of straight out action film. There's a lot more going on. Um, and just the way they approach it and how stuff pans out in the film is just really good. I like considering I just wanted to watch some of it, it's just like a, I think I watched it on like a Sunday afternoon. So I just wanted to watch like an action film mm-hmm. and it popped up. I watched it on um, Sky. So imagine now TV has it. Um, genuinely just thought it was going to be just a silly action film like a la Taken um, but genuinely really loved it but you are aware Taken is in his <laughs> favourite film aren't you like, genuinely I'm like, not going to wind up there Taken's a good film <laughs> the others not so much is it just to settle not settle this because it'll always run along you'll always bring it up but <laughs> you said like <laughs> as in you said like you just thought it was going to be a silly action film as in you're just going to sit enjoy it for what it is that's what I that's why I like Taken I don't think Taken is like a masterpiece of like, cinema <laughs> I thought I'm accusing you of anything I thought Sam was just saying like you do every time so I was like and you're saying it's a silly action film <laughs> Taken is not a silly <laughs> <laughs> That's why I like it. If you like Taken, that's fine. That's fine. 
To je zálekt. But is this film better than Taken? Yes. Awesome. <laughs> Lots of films are better than Taken. <laughs> We've got to do Taken at some point. We've, we've done it, haven't we? Have we? No. <laughs> did we not do it? I thought we did. Unless you did it without me. I think we've had... <laughs> <laughs> you can never do it without me. Imagine. <laughs> but we'll, right, we'll get Taken lined up then. We'll, we'll yeah, get lined up. Yeah. That could be the 50th episode. We could have... <laughs> we should have done that. Which is 49.5. <laughs> <laughs> episode 100. We'll do Taken. <laughs> uh, so, Steve, what are you, what yeah, you waiting on? Um, I think I would probably give this like a four out of five. I was just, uh, I was just genuinely impressed with it. I thought it was a really cool film. Um, I know some people have problems with watching subtitles because the Philistines <laughs> busting out the word Philistines on the podcast. <laughs> not, not, I'm educated, so not me. I'll point out. I bought another round on Blu-ray the other week with Matt Mickelson. Have you heard of that? He, he rings a bell. Actually, he's he an alcoholic uh, Norwegian film. Yeah. But it's meant to be amazing, but I've still not watched it yet. Bad Mickleton is really good. Subtitles in it, so I'll put in the put nothing about to it. It's like it's Matt Mickleton. He's like he's treated a bit weird by like Hollywood, I think, where he always does like side characters. Well, I think he's now become a big like Disney guy, and he? he he did uh, the bad guy in Doctor Strange. I think he was in Rogue One. Yes, well, I mean, he was a small part in Rogue One. He's now in the new uh, indie film, which is now Disney. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, um, he was great in. Um, Hannibal as well. Yeah, yeah. As, you know, Hannibal, he was fantastic in that. Yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, well, shall we move on to the main event this this, this week uh, for the show? Uh, Liam Neeson's Taken. <laughs> uh, no, it's actually The Matrix uh, by the Wachowski... Help me out. The Wachowskis. Wachowskis. Uh, it was the Wachowski brothers. Uh, now, now the Wachowski sister, the, the the newest one. Oh, the both. Oh, uh, they both involved. The both transition now. Yeah. So the oh no, I thought I. Oh, sorry. I, oh, I, sorry. You meant the resurrection, the new yes, one. Yeah. You yeah. were talking about. It's just Lana Wachowski, the new one. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah. So uh, we're, we're going to talk about the Matrix now. Now, like I, like I mentioned at the start of the show. Um, I actually watched the full trilogy of this, so <laughs> I, I have uh, probably a wide, wider knowledge of the concept rather than rather than just talking about the first film. Yeah, um, I'm impressed you watched all three. <laughs> yeah, I fit them in. <laughs> I watched them. Um, yeah, uh, so you know, if we if we if we're going to concentrate on the first one, I'm, I'm good with that. Yeah, no worries. But can I kick it off? I just want to check with everyone. What was your first experience with the Matrix? Looking at you and Min for this mainly. When did you, when, just because did you only watch it recently for the first time? <clears throat> it's the third time I've seen it. Third time? Yeah. Oh I thought I sorry, I but thought I thought you were gonna say like, you wanna just watch it like yesterday or something, but this afternoon, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um it everything felt new to me because I think like the first time I watched it I was in school and I was like I, I think I fell asleep through it so <laughs> that, that probably shouldn't count and then I have, I know I have watched it again but there's so much in this watch that I was like I don't remember any of this so oh, the second time seen. second time I watched it I must have just not been gone stream or fell asleep again so I've watched it a lot but I watched it a lot when it first came out because I had it on VHS when it first yeah. came out and I must have watched that tape <clears> a lot but it's been a, quite a gap since I've watched it and yeah there was there's a couple of moments in this where I completely forgot about it 
so I feel like this is my first proper proper watch. First proper viewing. Yeah. Joseph, when did you first watch I had experience with the trilogy back when they came out. I remember watching them, all three of them, you know, after they came out and not really understanding that much about the full thing. Like the first film, I think you can watch in a sort of vacuum, but when you start piecing the rest of it together, I don't think I understood it at the time. I always like kind of liked it. Yeah. Um, I've, I've obviously rewatched, I think I've only ever watched the second and third one twice, and that was this week. Um, I feel like I learned a lot more this time around. Uh, I did, I'll be honest, I read up on a lot of the concepts after I watched them. And it did make me want to rewatch the, the full trilogy again to try and pick up on a few extra bits and pieces. Uh, yeah. But yeah, no, I've definitely I, I enjoyed them a lot more on my round as a, an adult rather than when I was like, I went, how old were I been? About 14 when they came out? 99. Well, yeah, so 99. Well, that was the first one. Oh, the first one, yeah, sorry. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. so you, I watched, I probably watched all three, all three of them between the ages of 11 and 14. So. You know, I probably wasn't getting some of the concepts. Oh, I think I watched it when I was twelve. Then I was nineteen. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Joe, you mentioned a few times the year of nineteen ninety nine being the best year for movies. I, I always mention that. Yeah. It's a generally considered uh, opinion now. Yeah, that, that's the best I, year. Genuinely, one of the points I was going to make today was I feel, I feel like nineteen ninety nine was like a peak point in like culture. Um, mm. Not the peak, but like when you look at you know history. You know, in terms of culture, I think 99 was like... I don't know whether it's just because I was like... Coming no, I, of age at that point, I don't know, but... I'd like say it's, it's generally considered now, for film-wise at least, 99 yeah. was probably the best year for film. Like, I'm not sure if I agree, but mm-hmm. it gave us American Pie, though, so that's uh, pretty yeah. high up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, uh, Oscar, I should have got an Oscar. Yeah. And that's why I didn't watch The Matrix at the cinema. I watched every other film last summer, I think. I watched Wild Wild West at the cinema. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't watch The Matrix because... Uh, it was the year of the Phantom Menace as well. Best yeah. Star Wars film, as we mentioned before. Uh, and I, I, was, <laughs> I was so hyped for that that, like, it was almost like, oh, what's this shit? But to be fair, I think the trailers look like shit for this film. Like, the, the marketing and stuff, I was like, what the fuck is this stupid, like, kung fu leather coat movie kind of thing? Like, but my only point I was going to make about that is, like, I'm. I, I get what you mean by that about looking at old trails and stuff for the film, yeah. but like from what I've looked at, uh, like online since, is that there was a lot of like the marketing campaign for it was like quite integral for it. Yeah, so yeah. You would have you would have posters up that would just say "What is the Matrix?" and it, it was like kind of like a groundswell sort of thing that you know, well, not word of mouth because we're literally talking about marketing. <laughs> no, you're right. Like it, it was. Uh, I'm sure there's a website called like WhatIsTheMatrix.com and like. The internet was just becoming a big thing in, in culture, kind of thing. Like people were learning what it is and stuff. Still dial up at the time, like, but as we see in the film. Well, <laughs> I, I, yeah, yeah. I, to be honest, you mentioned the internet there. It's like you could you make an argument that when we were talking about '99 being like one of the cultural sort of peaks, right before the internet started. Once yeah. the internet started, like getting really wider all of culture sort of diverts into its own little area so everyone just stays in their own area now it's, it's not it's not and the, same. the internet wasn't policed like it kind of is now yeah. like it was just like a fucking wild west when it's I like the wild wild west yeah anything goes kind of thing yeah. like was it Harry Knowles that film critic who had uh, Ain't It Cool News and stuff that was massive at the time because it was the first internet movie web page and stuff like that and I remember like the Blair Witch that got loads of like word yeah, of mouth yeah. online because like oh it's real you know it's real this type was that 99 like, as well 99 I feel like yeah, it was, yeah. Yeah. yeah a couple of months after this yeah, yeah. but I, I didn't catch it at the cinema watched it on DVD with my mate uh, Ian a friend of the show shout out yeah he's messaged a few times about the show yeah uh, 
And we were both like, why the fuck did we watch this at the cinema? <laughs> it's fucking amazing. Yeah. Well, it was cutting edge for the time. Yeah. Like, at the time, it was like, that That was... Uh, even even watching it now in a recent one, like, yeah, some of it looked a little bit dated, but I still think it stands up for the majority of the time. You can tell it was made in 1999, like, around that time period, but I think, I think it stands up. For me, there was only two moments that looked dated. The rest of it still held up, and that was... Um, should we go into particular scenes that are fall outdated? Or? We can yeah, yeah. Um, the f- right at the start where Trinity dies between buildings, there's a bit where she like strains out and does a jump. That looked a bit ropey. And also a lot of the Nebuchadnezzar stuff for exterior shots, that looks a bit ropey. The rest of it looks excellent still. Yeah. There, are, there are some fight scenes where, I, don't, I can't remember which of the trilogy was in now, but where literally the, <laughs> I don't know, they almost look like they just flow it up. Like, and it didn't look, it didn't look like the, the way the physics should run. Do you know what I mean? But I, but I know, I know point. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, I know it sounds like a fanboy excuse, but there's a bit in the again. I know I'm going all over the place here, but the Matrix Reloaded. He throw that big burly man fight with a hundred Agent Smiths. He throws Agent Smith into like ninety nine other clones of him. They make it sound like bowling pins. <laughs> right. And like you can excuse that by saying that in the Matrix, that's what Agent Smith sounds like when you throw yeah, <laughs> when yeah, you yeah. throw Agent Smith at that. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like you can explain anything in this film by saying. They're in the Matrix. Yeah. It's a programming error. Like, they've, 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 they've got the wrong sound for when that person falls. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. And again, going back to the, uh, like you mentioned about it, looks dating and stuff. That's only because in the Matrix, it's the year 1999. It's programmed to be 1999. <laughs> so it never dates because, like, that's, that's genius. Just, yeah, that's yeah. genius. Write your film. In yeah. that, in, write your film in a, in a computer program, stick it in a certain year, and then you you, you know, that's it. Because in real life, they're like 1999, they're in like the year whatever, I don't know, 2500 or something. Yeah, 2199, yeah. the reference in the first one, but you don't know for certain. Okay, <laughs> I'm happy with that. Yeah. <laughs> I did not know that. <laughs> that's good. Well, no, yeah, Morpheus says it's in reality, it's closer to 2199, but we uh, don't they know. They don't know, yeah. Because yeah, you can't keep track of days anymore. Because they burnt the sun. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, what what year is it supposed to be in modern times in the Matrix? In real life. In life. real life. What what year is that supposed 2199. to be? 2199. 2199. Well, the, the guess at 2199. Oh, I think they're wrong. Well, look, I mean... <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> let me back that, can I back that statement up? Well, let me, let me get Morpheus on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell him you're wrong. <laughs> no, no, like... like are we go, can I go into spoilers or not spoilers or theories on Matrix straight away or not? Yeah, well, I do it. Cool. Well, let me briefly say why. So, in the, it doesn't specifically say it's twenty one ninety nine. He says you think it's nineteen ninety nine, but in reality, it's closer to twenty one ninety nine. But it's hard to know because we can't really keep track of days anymore. Yeah, I've ad libbed the last yeah, bit. No, well, paraphrase rather than ad libbed. Sorry, um, but that's where it goes. So they're guessing at twenty one ninety nine. Yeah, Morpheus is well wrong. He's well out. <laughs> With so, were you in the film, John? <laughs> no, no, no. Right. So, Neo. Right. So we're going into spoiler territory here. So if I say I don't honestly, the things I'm going to say, I think they'll enhance the viewing of the second and third film. If you film's twenty two years old, mate. Spoiler. <laughs> yeah. Spoiler on a two decade old film. Um, Neo is actually the sixth Neo. He's not the first Neo. He's, yeah. the, he's the sixth anomaly uh, in the system. Is it the architect who mentions that? In yes. Part two, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he mentions. When the first one, they mention him being the second one anyway. 
Well, apparently, we're wrong, wrong there. Like, who said that? Was that the architect? I can't remember that one. No, no so the reference, there was the original, the one. Yeah. Yeah, and true. Yeah, yeah, second, yeah. the one. I was trying to remember who it was and maybe blame Morpheus again for his... Uh, his but, well, the Oracle gets in on it too. That's a very basic, like, Jesus Christ comparison. Yeah. Like, yeah. Our religion, basically, within the world of the Matrix kind of thing. Like, Neo is Jesus in it. So the, the idea it's is... Second coming, basically, like, yeah. Yeah, so the, the idea is that there have been six different matrices, like six different versions of the matrix, yeah. um, which means there's been six different anomalies. So Neo is like the anomaly. So if you, again, talking about the later films, when you see like the scenes of them in Zion, when there's like thousands of people there, with the way that the matrix works, the theory is that Zion gets destroyed every time there's a cycle basically yeah 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 yeah. so if you've got thousands of people there basically Neo gets the choice to you know take one choice or the other I think I can't remember the exact way it works but he can the choice is that he can restart Zion with like 23 chosen people uh, I think it's like 16 females and like 7 males so the idea is that that Zion that you're looking at in the film trilogy that's not enough people for a sustainable population bring it up to with the Richardson's <laughs> <laughs> but like the idea is that you see these thousands of people in this Zion they've they've all descended from 23 people so there's no way it's 200 years so like Morpheus isn't always uh, spot on is he how long is it going to take to spawn a thousand people Let's two days <laughs> <laughs> we need John away John was the mask guy he, he is yeah. Out, yeah. yeah but yeah I think I read something similar that there's been like six Iterations or six, yeah, it's like six, well, six, six, six cycles. Yeah. Just in the first film, they do reference that there's been at least two, maybe yeah. more. Yeah, because he said he tried to make it paradise at first and it just didn't work. Yes, yeah. The, the, to be first, the, what what they what they say, I think it's I think it's the the architect that says it. It's like well, Agent Smith says it in the in the first one. Gone, yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, what I'm thinking of yeah. is where the architect must back it up. Then um, they mentioned that the first version of the Matrix was like too perfect. And yeah, it yeah. humans can't accept it. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. then this the second one was almost like they had added more to it. They never actually go into detail about the third, fourth, and the fifth one. They they never specify that. So when they're talking about the, the first, like you know, being like the second one. It's because they're referencing the one that they always reference, which is the perfect world that they tried to create in the Matrix. Yeah. This, if you've not like seen much of the Matrix, this will sound mental. Like, I'll just jump off from that. Like one theory that I wanted to chuck out there. I think I put it in the in the podcast group last summer when I watched them on four K again. There's a bit like in the Matrix where he goes to see the Oracle, and she tells him what he needs to hear, which is the line in the film. But she tells him, "You're not the one." She's like, oh, maybe in the next life. It's like, oh, Matrix <laughs> yeah. Resurrection. That's yeah, the next yeah. life. Yeah. But the, but the, now he's the one. Like, yeah. the, the things when you when you take things like that out of context from the trilogy, even no matter what your opinions are of the second and third one, when you take things out like that and you piece it back in, you're like, oh, that's really intelligent what they've yeah. done there. Like they've, I feel again talk about the trilogy with the second and the third one. They've took that the film's made up of things like that rather than trying to make a coherent story. It's just like, well, yeah, I'm gonna get on to that. Like, two and three, I don't think one is fun to watch. I'm gonna, I've got five points to explain later on exactly why, why, why one is fun and the two and three aren't fun. I think the um, good, good films two and three, they're just not fun to watch, but I don't think they're meant to be fun to watch. No. I don't think they intended them to be fun to watch, they're no. almost like cathartic like you, you punishing you at times kind of thing like deliberately like yeah uh, sorry I forgot what was, <laughs> I forgot your point there <laughs> uh, I don't know I, yeah sorry where I were you going with that? Yeah. yeah you had five points didn't you 
five points. I have got five points. I'll come back to that though. But okay, yeah. On the on the two and three thing, what were you saying? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about Neo being second coming and what the Oracle said. Yeah, you, you mentioned yeah. the Oracle. Yeah. Trigger. Yeah, so I completely uh, <laughs> torpedoed me on point there, but I'll come back to that. But you know what? I'll try to glitch in the Matrix, John. Don't yeah, blame me, John. Yeah. <laughs> oh, déjà vu. <laughs> I'll, uh, they look the same, were they exactly the same? <laughs> Shall I just jump to the five points now as to why the sequels don't work and the first one does? I'm, I'm happy to hear that. Yeah. Okay, I'll just chuck them at you. Like, mm-hmm. why the, they work in terms of why the first one's so good. Uh, one of the points... In the first film, the agents are terrifying. Whenever you encounter an agent, it's like they are going to get fucked up. Like, do not even try and fight the agents. Mm. But in like in the sequels, fucking everyone's kicking the shit out of the agents. <laughs> <laughs> so not even just Neo at that point. It's like Jada Pinkett Smith and everyone's just giving them a kick. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, they were terrifying in the first film, and now they're a joke kind of thing. Like, yeah. and that's why the again part two, the Wachowskis are not interested in uh, the at that point. The agents are like, oh, you know, I'm not even trying to make this film anymore. Like, it's a they're interested. I'm going to come back to my point, though. Remember, remember before, oh. the Wachowskis are interested in reincarnation. And that's the thing throughout most of their films that they've made. Like, again, to get onto the subject, they themselves have transitioned. Yeah. They're, they're now they're the Wachowskis. Have you seen Cloud Atlas that they made? I've not, but I've heard. I've read the book. I've not actually saw the film. They adapted a different book, but the book's all about being re- reincarnated in different bodies. Yeah, the, the book's really interesting. And being stuck in the wrong body and learning more every time for the next life kind of thing. Like, that is where their interest lies. And that's why two and three don't work. Because they're no longer interested in making a film like an action film like the first one. No, they're, they're making the film for, for, the, for, like, yeah, for themselves. <laughs> the cathartic reasons for themselves. Yeah. I like that, though. I do like, exploring all these ideas. They've got, like, yeah. they don't care whether it works for an audience. Like yeah, David yeah. Lynch, almost. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm with you 100% there. It's like, with the second and third one, I enjoyed them. They're not as good as the first one, but you're enjoying them for the fact that you're watching some of them out, out there. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's it's a strange set of events that kind of, like, all piece together. Yeah, they're just throwing ideas at the screen, and it's like, they might not work, but they're really interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I, I appreciate the, the creativity for that. Yeah. It's, it might not always work, but, yeah. It's like you said, cathartic. Yeah. Can I go back to my uh, little five-point list there? So, yeah. first one, agents aren't scary. Uh, two, the Columbine shooting. Yeah. After that happened, you've got a first film that's based on amazing gunplay and stuff, and like all this cool gun action. Then the Columbine shooting happens, which was blamed on the Matrix. And so they then had to make two sequels where they couldn't have gunplay in them <laughs> because of the Columbine shooting. And again, that's another reason why one works and the other two don't. The scene where he stops the bullets. That's that, in two. That's in two, isn't it? Yeah. So there is one. Well. That's, that's literally well. the only. Yeah, there's one bit in two with that bit where all the people run in and shoot at it. Yeah. That's the only bit of like proper gunplay yeah. in part two. Like, yeah. The rest okay. of it's all kung fu and stuff. Like, yeah. yeah. Just, just a side point from that, just because I'm not going to bring it up otherwise. That second film has got far too much bullet time in it. Um, yeah. It, it, in the first film, it's very like rarely used, and it's like a special thing. Whereas in the second film, it's like right, get the bullet time going. Everyone love that. It's not even like bullet time part two because like it's like Morpheus on top of a truck, and the camera's swooshing around, yeah. and it's like. It's just fun on top of the truck. <laughs> you, know you, what I mean? ma- you mentioned that scene though with the truck and like that scene it's is a classic. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's so oh yeah, that, that, that whole highway chasing part two is amazing. Like. I'd, I'd almost say that's one of the very, very best Matrix like sequences. Well, funnily enough, I had a lot of things where like things I remembered 
from Matrix One. Working in Matrix One, they were in yeah, two. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. The scene where Trinity jumps off a bike and blows something up with the motorbike. Yeah. That's yeah. the start of the second film. That's yeah. not in the first film. I thought that was like an iconic Matrix like scene, is this in the second Yeah, film. it's part two. Yeah. Oh yeah, third point, sorry. Uh like as the audience, you learn about the Matrix in part one, the same time that Neo does. So as he's going through it, it's in it's fun because you're learning about everything that he's learning at the same time. And in part two and three, you, you don't learn anything. You, you already know what, everything about the Matrix. There's nothing left to learn. Again, it's just not fun to watch, kind of thing. Like, but it's interesting. You know what I mean? The... Yeah, yeah, I do. I do sort of agree with that. It's like the the way they sort of go about it is like they, they take what you know and then sort of I don't know. They almost they almost go back on it, don't they? It's like they they change. They almost change the approach completely. Uh, they don't yeah. elaborate on it. They just go like down little like side streets almost. Yeah. Like, oh look, there's a ghost and there's a werewolf kind of thing. But like, they don't can actually take the story any further with it. You know what yeah. I mean? But like, can, we, can I talk about the werewolves for one second, mate? You mentioned yeah. Tell me all about the werewolves. Right. <laughs> the werewolves. I found like when I was watching it, I didn't even click on them. They were I didn't the first like, time I watched it. Yeah. No, but then like I read about it and like saw something afterwards, and it's like you, there's a scene where basically for those who haven't seen it or you know haven't seen it in a while, there's. There's two henchmen and they're a bit like I don't know if you would know what I mean if I went like they were like stereotypically what you'd expect a werewolf in a human well, form. They look like, like Wolverine, don't they? Yeah, like <laughs> you know the dark hair and stuff. And but like, like you got like mutton chops, I think, and stuff. Yeah, I, I don't know. I can't remember if they got mutton chops. I don't know. They look a bit hairy. <laughs> they might, they might. But um, there's they're not obviously they mentioned a silver bullet in there, so it's obvious like there's some supernatural going on there. But she literally, when she introduces them, she says, "Oh." Uh, these are from a previous version of the Matrix. These two henchmen—they're very loyal, <laughs> sort of like a dog, yeah. like a werewolf. Um, very good, very loyal. And then she shoots one in the head with a bullet, and then he dies. But it's like the the so if you say that out of context, it's like what are you fucking talking about? Why are the wolf? Well, why are the wolf people in the Matrix? It's because they're from a, a previous version of the Matrix, and they were taken out of the Matrix. But well, basically, they're a glitch in the Matrix, aren't they? They have werewolf superpowers because the Matrix glitched. And now they're finding employment as like henchmen for yeah, all the men of who's a vampire. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But that that you moved on to toilet. <laughs> <laughs> that's some fanfic, isn't it? <laughs> These ideas that was like that's fucking amazing. Yeah, that's so that's, that's, that's incredible. That. And they've got the two ghosts who follow them. Yeah, yeah. Got, like, who go through walls. <laughs> they literally like they they've justified having werewolves and ghosts and vampires in the Matrix and it making sense. But they've justified it and then not even spelt it out. They're like, no. you've got to dig deep to find out that's what they are. Yeah, like, they leave you a breadcrumb trail. Yeah, it's yeah, classic. Like, it's so David good. David Lynch, like, that's something he would yeah, do. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. I would much prefer watching it and then hearing about it afterwards and like clicking it on the end going, oh, <laughs> of course. And that wasn't the smartest <laughs> off the first time. But then you read it and you're like, hang on a minute, like... No, this all makes sense. They say all this in the film. You just don't pick up on it. Yeah, I think I had to read about that in Empire magazine or something to actually click on with that after seeing the film kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, love that. The remnants from an old Matrix. It's just great. Yeah. Yeah. Just going back to my third point about how you're learning about the Matrix. My favourite scene is the training scene in the first film where Morpheus is training Neo and stuff. I actually love that entire scene like uh, and all the dialogue and stuff. You know, the whole uh, come on, stop trying to hit me and just hit me. You know, all, all that like what do you think about the trainer scene? Do you agree it's the best scene I've ever seen? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's the best fight scene is the, is the fight in the fake dojo. Do you think? Yeah, I think that's the best fight scene. I almost don't even like it for the fight and I just like it for the dialogue between them both and he does the whole thing with the hand. The first time he well, does that. Yeah. Like. 
the way it's set out is kind of reminiscent of um, like Kurosawa films. Yeah, or yeah. like two samurais fighting, and there's a lot of talking. Like the yeah. talking's almost as important as the it's actual like fight. The dueling with the words as well. As yeah, the, uh, yeah. Like... So it's, it does feel like that. Mm. Um, obviously, Morpheus of the Spence and Wisdom is like the fight's just going. Right? You write the fight is like a secondary thing. It's like yeah. combat on multiple layers, isn't it? It's like a combat of words. Yeah, but you're you're learning about the Matrix at the same time Neo is. He's learning how to manipulate the Matrix. It's like yeah. this is really fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What did you think in Minnesota? That's yeah, it's obviously an iconic scene, and I mean, like that's one of the scenes that I remember from oh, really? the, the other watches. So, like, that is like, I, I mean, it's iconic if you don't even know the Matrix. You've probably seen parts of that scene. Like, mm. Yeah, like, the Matrix so. is one of those films where there's a couple of things where I think like everyone knows. Like, there's that the lobby scene um, when he says, "I know kung fu," I know kung fu, like stuff like that. It's just the like, bullet time. The first time, just bullet time is like dropping yeah. the bullets backwards and they're going over his shoulder and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yes. it's, a, it's an iconic film, isn't it? I can't, I can't remember the name of the the group, but uh, there's a, you, I don't know if you all know it, John. But uh, it's it's like they they been pretty much log forever in history, like the archive of these films, and they say right, this is like a cultural touch point, and the Matrix is one of those mm. film trilogies, or maybe just the first one, but <clears throat> that's included in that. I'll have to look up what that is now. And yeah, yeah, definitely. But can I just come to my fourth point? If that's okay. Uh, Again, the reason why the first one works, this is a big one for me. Cypher, played by Joe Pantoliano, who's part of the crew, who betrays them. You're on his side because it's like, put me back in the fucking Matrix. <laughs> Give me that steak. Like. <laughs> when, when he was doing that in the first one, I was like, I could I could really see your point. Like, yeah. Morpheus was lying to you and like, well, didn't spell everything out. Didn't like, explain to you what you'd what be was squalor you'd be yeah. living in, like, yeah, with no like, steak. Yeah, go yeah. for it. <laughs> Definitely, that's why it works. It's like you can fully believe why he's doing what he's doing. And again, two and three have none of that. Like, I know they have a few humans who betray him, but it's nothing like they don't betray him Not because of this. Yeah, yeah, because in the first film, they introduce you to the crew, and then you, you know, if you're watching it, you knowing there's a trilogy and you forgot what happened, you think, oh, this must be the crew for the full trilogy. No, it's like, no, they, yeah, <laughs> they I get done. We mentioned before, like, forgetting about bits in the film. I forgot, like, Mouse was a character. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I completely forgot he was in the film. Even to the point of in parts two and three, they have a character replacing Mouse, who's a little little nerdy guy kind of thing. It's like just leave Mouse alive if you've got to do yeah. this. Like you could have had him in part two and three. Yeah, but just mention as well, he's from Home and Away. That actor who played Mouse. Uh, there's a girl called Dujour at the start of the film who answers the door with a little rabbit tattoo. Rabbit, yeah, she's from Home and Away as well, yeah. Oh, I. Because the film in Australia. Big Home and Away fan, John? I actually was in the 90s, honestly. Neighbours at Home and Away watched it loads. We in the 90s, there wasn't much else on at the same time, so you just had to watch it. Yeah, before, before Simpsons, yeah. Yeah, More of a neighbours guy myself. Yeah, I watched Neighbours as well, yeah, but he's been Home and Away, though, these two. Was it Neighbours that was on twice a day? Yes, um, I think they both were. Yeah, yeah lunchtime, lunchtime, tea time, like yeah. mental. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, she couldn't get enough of neighbours. <laughs> Kids these days don't know. Look, <laughs> we had to watch Australian soaps twice a day when I was growing up. <laughs> Just to go for a tangent there, though, it's because they filmed it in Australia. They got all the local talent, and all the local talent was from home and away. Like uh, Inman, episode two, Star Wars. Did you notice Django Fett? The bounty way. hunter. Yeah. Short one street, actually. <laughs> a New Zealand uh, medical drama that was on in midday as well. And he was from Short one Street. Okay. He's now a kind of famous actor tomorrow, Morrison, but he started off in New Zealand soaps. Yeah. Well, yeah. 
But when I saw he was playing Django Fett, I was like, are you fucking joking? <laughs> <laughs> Shortland Street guy. <laughs> yeah. uh, my last point, in terms of the first one being better than, well, working better than two and three do, the film ends with Neil flying off into the sky. Amazing ending. You're like, whoa, what the fuck's he going to do next? In two and three, they have to write him out of the film because he's too powerful at that point. Yeah. The whole three-way chase, that's amazing. Yeah. Because Neil's not there. He's in Austria. <laughs> yeah. You have to literally, deliberately trick him to go to Austria through a little mountain door. Yeah. And while he's flying back, they have that huge fight because he would just come in and save the day like he does. Yeah, he's overpowered. <laughs> he's overpowered. Yeah, he's, he's OP. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah totally. It's like, that's why two and three don't work because Neil was too OP and it's like... You have to. You literally have to write him out of the film to make the film work because he could just solve everything at the drop of a hat. I get. I get. I get your point. I yeah. totally get your point. Yeah. Still amazing films though. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, it, when you do something like that to your characters, it, it limits sort of what you can do with that character when they're involved. Because it's just like you can't really have any kind of like jeopardy if Neil's there. Because you're like, oh well, Neil's there every day. <laughs> Are you thinking of the callback I'm thinking of? Not to go out to Game of Thrones again. I know we do this like five times every episode, but. Uh, a certain Bran Stark got a bit too OP in Game of Thrones and it ruined the entire like <laughs> structure of the show kind of thing I don't think he got OP it was just terrible writing it was but it got to the point where he could know everything that ever happened and ever will happen it's like yeah. he, he's Neil <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> he's just flying around at this point it's too much well it's, yeah. it's kind of like the Superman problem isn't it like, you yeah. just can't have someone who's harder than everyone else but it, that's it why I don't like Superman though that's genuinely why I don't like Superman because it's just like he's just He's the perfect thing. It's like, well, there's no... I can't get my teeth into that. But that can be interesting. It's like, for a writer, you would think, how can I write a scene that will be interesting to work Superman? He can do everything. How can I make him in jeopardy? So you do moral problems. Okay, yeah, the moral ones. Yeah. I but the Wachowskis put him in Austria and just make him fly back for hours. <laughs> do you, while they were do you think it's because they weren't sure they were going to be able to make the second two films, though? So they had to just, like, well, the best ending we can do is this. Oh, no, definitely. They wrote themselves into a corner. It's yeah, like, if they knew they were going to do a trilogy... They would have had him fly yeah. off at the end. <laughs> Defo. I was going to make one last point about Superman there. I remember an old episode or a film, I can't remember what it was, but he literally flies around the Earth the other way around and reverses time. Right, so a, it's just like, do you know what? Is that the second I, film? One, that Superman one. Superman won that, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, but if you've got a guy who can literally reverse time, then there's, there's no jeopardy in anything he's doing. Even if you, even if it's a moral decision, he's like, oh, I've made the wrong, I'll just, I'll just fly around the Earth a few times and re-spin it, which is not going to happen. Yeah. That's not how, I never like that. Like, that's how time works. Yeah, or time gravity. <laughs> like, no, I mean, no. Yeah, I never like that. Yeah. Yeah. Superman's good when he's like a bad guy. Like Justice League, the best part about the Justice League films. Okay, funny. yeah, you've you've won me over after that. Yeah, yeah. he's yeah. when we first wakes up and they're all trying to fight him. It's like no, you can't. Yeah, but then again, Justice League did the right thing where he's only in the last <laughs> yeah. bit of the film because he just beats the bad guy. Like yeah, just having okay. not been in the film for most of it. Having to not be a bit of a bad guy for a bit, and then oh no, he can just go one shot, step him off because of course he can. But that's why Zack Snyder's version is better because he doesn't save the day in that. It's Flash who saves the day. In the original Justice League, Superman comes in. It's like yeah, game over. He just fucking beats everyone up when it's finished. <laughs> but, uh, let's get back to Matrix rather than Superman. But <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it is a good comparison because like, it is Superman. definitely Neo with Superman by the end of these films. Like yeah. it's, he can do anything, yeah. fly everywhere. Like yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. He even start he, the, he Neo even starts getting powers in the real world, and it's like if you. Yeah, that was a bit. Again, I don't know where that was meant to ever go. To be honest, oh yeah, because it meant to go towards what the real world was not just a second layer. Well, that's one of the theories was that Zion what and and like that real world was actually another layer of the Matrix. But it's like that's just not 
you know, I don't think that's the widely accepted theory anyway. It's a theory. It's fun to do theories about, but the new film might confirm that. Well, yeah, yeah, possibly. So I don't, I don't think so myself. It's Morpheus in the new film because he's technically dead because of a video game. Young Morpheus is in the film. Yeah. Well, no, they had the Matrix MMO, which is canon, and Morpheus dies in the Matrix MMO. Is it How canon is it though? No, it is. It is actual canon. To be Neo died in part three. I don't think they were cows. Were cows. Wachowskis. Wachowskis. Let him do it. Wachowskis. I'm sure I read they only had a limited involvement with that. And wasn't it a train wreck as well? But you're thinking of Enter the Matrix, which is dreadful. Path of Neo is the other one, which I think was okay, but that is actually canon. I wonder if there's even arguments online whether the games are canon at all. Well, I mean, of course, it's online. <laughs> there's, there's arguments. Okay. Yeah. It's one of them as well. Uh, well, like if the Wachowskis for this new film think, right, forget all that stuff. They'll just announce, right, that's not canon now. You know, like, like Disney do with Star Wars kind of thing. They pick and choose what they want to follow, don't they, kind of thing. Yeah. Not, not, not to diverse straight onto Matrix 4 yet, because I feel like I'm, I'm scattering us all over the place. But in that trailer, I, I think you asked the young Morpheus is in it so you yeah. know there's a young version of Morpheus but then there's an old version of Jade uh, Pinkett Smith's character in, is that? in the trailer yeah yeah so she's in the trailer from what I, I, know, I didn't even notice that so she's in the film as an old woman like six and I think what I've read is that it's 60 years on right so you've got Neo and Trinity who've aged about 20 years you've uh, got Jada Pinkett Smith you, might, you might not have Trinity <laughs> Have you not seen the latest trailer? I've only seen the first trailer. <laughs> she's all matrixy and glitchy kind of thing. Like, she's, oh, she's in okay. it because, like, Carrie-Anne Moss has been doing press, so... Oh, the actress is in it. Yeah. She might not be a real trinity. Might not be, yeah. yeah okay. it could be like... Yeah. Well, she was human, wasn't she? Oh, I'll go, yeah. Don't, let's not go too far into it. But the Morpheus thing... I obviously they'll explain it in the film as to why there's a new younger actor playing Morpheus. I hope you don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can explain it right now. Go, go, go. Oh, Fishburne's too fat now to do Kung Fu. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. Yeah, so like, oh, we can't get fish, Fishburne synthesized with him now. He can't do Kung Fu. <laughs> well, he, <laughs> wasn't, he wasn't trim back then. I know, he was big back then, wasn't he? Yeah. Right, yeah. And he's 20 years older now, so it's like, he, he can't do any of that anymore. He can't do Kung Fu. Can I mention one thing that I'm really not happy about about the new Matrix film, even though it's not come out, but... <laughs> <laughs> That's a statement, right? Yeah. <laughs> Agent Smith's not in it, the actor, and I think he's iconic for the whole series. Do you believe him? Yeah, and it's like he's he's the iconic character. What? Well, not the he's one of the iconic characters. His whole delivery of that character he plays yeah. it perfectly. He's the agent. You don't exactly, get to yeah. two. But then, but then in the new film, you're looking at the agents, and they're just normal looking agents, and that's not the same. I get, mm-hmm. I get from the film trilogy, you might not be able to have that version of him. I get yeah. that, but. Some just as scary because you like you were saying they were scary and they were terrifying. Like, no, but, uh, did you think that watching the first one, like whenever the encounter, yeah, there's the a gravitas to them, like yeah, and the, 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 the I mean, the, the plan was, I think, was it trying to see that says it that you run when you, when you see them, yeah, like yeah, nobody, yeah. no, yeah, she said something like nobody's ever stood and fought so when, and worn us. So when like Neo that. decides to go back and fight them, it's like, oh my god, like again, why part well, even, even in the um, even in the subway, they're like they're on the ship saying run. Yeah. Well, that's the bit. Then, like, he stands and fights, and it's like uh, Morpheus. He's starting to believe. It's like, oh, there oh, we go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so. But if it's not like that in two and three, it's probably not going to be like that in four. So, but you're going through the journey again. I feel. I feel like you're going to learn now again. I think the Matrix 
I think it could be that Zion was another level of the Matrix. Hey, I, I, him, him not being in that film, no, I'm not having that. Not having that. I'm not having that one. But like <laughs> with um, with Agent Smith though, like he was asked to be in the film and he couldn't do it due to filming commitments. But the Wachowski, the, the remaining Wachowski sister who's doing this film, decided not to to utilize him. So they didn't I, want to. I do think with that, like he's so iconic, it's like a wait for him to become a yeah, yeah, boy. Yeah. But they, they've just went ahead and they've done the film, yeah. and it's like I, there's this. This is a really mad side point, but House, the series, um, that's, for me, like, they've got some iconic characters in that, and I've forgotten her name. <laughs> you have to call her iconic. But she's, she's the one with black hair who, who House has the on-off relationship through, like, seven seasons. She's just not in the eighth season. She just disappears. Is that why for? Mm, no. Cutty, cut, cut, cutty, cutty, something like that. It'll make sense. Like his, was she like the boss? At the no, no, she's like she's, the head. She's oh, yeah, she was like his boss-ish. Yeah, they had a contract dispute yeah. before the final season, so she's not in the final right. season, even though like they've led this like thing all the way, and then the final season's gone. And it's like the Matrix. There's a place for Agent Smith to be in Matrix Four because there was originally gonna sounds like there was gonna be plans for that, and now he's not gonna be in it. Yeah. So the new guy could be good though, because they've replaced Agent Smith with the guy from the trailer who's like. After all this time, going back, back to the Matrix, that's the, the Agent Smith replacement. Yeah, like, uh, I do like that. That, that yeah, like in the trailer yeah. is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think I'm almost out of notes, guys. You've got, you've got anything in you want to... Uh, I've got a couple of bits, uh, but I've spoke a lot. If you two want to get a word in as well. Mate. I don't really got anything specific about that. <laughs> <laughs> I will mention something about the philosophy of the Matrix. Like, are you guys aware of it? Like, that? there were literally books written on this, the philosophy of the Matrix. People diving into, like, you know, what does it all mean and stuff, like, and almost, like, writing, like, life lessons based on the Matrix and stuff. Yeah. I think the Wachowskis are just having one big fucking laugh at everyone. Like, <laughs> well, stuff, like, 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 the philosophy yeah. of, like, what the Matrix is existed before... The Matrix film, yeah, like, like the, the idea, same concepts and stuff like. Well, yeah, that idea has been an idea for a very, very long time. Like pre-computers, it was like a meditation thing, and then once computers were a thing, it was also an idea. Like even just like not necessarily machines were in the simulation, other like other beings could be running the simulation. That's always been an idea. I mean, heck, it's even an idea in um, the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Like it's a, it's a, it's not just down to the Matrix. It's been a film that's uh, it's been an idea rather. Sorry, it's permeated the culture for quite a while. And thought so there is like philosophy. Uh, ph- yeah, I can't speak. There is <laughs> like, Wachowski. Wachowski. <laughs> <laughs> is that a character from um, from Monsters Inc? Yes, uh, Mike. Yeah. Wachowski. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like that idea has been an idea for a while. Um, so I think that helps ground it. Like that there's actual background to it. And this is the, I mean, it's it's a it's a theme in other stuff, but this is the first film where it's the central. Idea. Yeah, the idea behind like, the film kind of thing. I mean, in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, which is a better film. Well, no, it's not a better film. It's a better book than this is a film. That's a weird comparison. Are we talk, are we talk about the concept of the Matrix. Here? Yeah, Before yeah. So in, in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, it's 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 a punchline that ultimately Earth doesn't matter because it was a simulation to find out an answer to a question that you, well, not to find out the question to the answer. Beijo Gazi is a weird book. Is the answer 47 or something? 42, 42. is the answer. The, the most you important don't... question in the world, and you got the answer wrong. <laughs> <laughs> the question to the life, the universe, and everything is 42, but the problem is that question is not the right question to ask. So you build a supercomputer that has people living out their lives, and that's how you run calculations. 
not exactly the same idea, but it's a tangent. But again, that's just like a joke at the end of the book. Like the the whole thing's not about it. The Matrix, obviously, that's a central idea. Um, it's dumb though, isn't it? <laughs> like they call humans and batteries. That's yeah, right. so I'm, I'm with you on that point. I'm 100 percent with you on the battery as hu- the humans as batteries thing. But when you look at the the philosophies of like the Matrix and stuff, there's obviously the philosophical like idea that the working class are ruled by you know the master class, and the only reason that they keep doing that is because they're unaware of it. That's the humans to the master class of the robots and the machines, do you know what I mean? So like that, there's, there's a philosophical thing between them. I mean, that's true. I mean, that's just real life, but we're, we're aware. We just can't do anything about it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I was thinking more like in terms of stuff like in part two, mainly in part three, when the agents turn up to an action scene, they have like a, a weird license plate in front of the car. And if you Google that, like people have been like, for years but like oh what does that mean that weird license plate it, almost like it spells something out you know like to do with religion or something mm. and people have been like theorising what does that mean you know like and they write books about it and shit like that I think the Wachowskis have put that in there just to fucking fuck with people like you know just like <laughs> let them try and work this out we don't know what it means like they can spend years trying to work it out like an inside joke yeah like is it um oh God, I don't I don't think I, I swear I, I'm sure Kubrick did this deliberately in this, like you know, Kubrick's methodical in how he makes the film and stuff. In The Shining, there were shots where Nicholson sat at a desk, and behind him, in one shot, there's a chair behind him. Camera cuts away, cuts back, the chair's gone, <laughs> cuts back, the chair's back again. And people have looked at documentaries about this. There's a documentary called <laughs> yeah. One. Yeah, you've told two, me about 12, this. Yeah, 127 or something. 127 or something, yeah, or 1207 or something. Yeah. 217, isn't it? Is that what it is? Yeah. 217. 42. It's different in the book. Oh, it's two, <laughs> 42. <laughs> The uh, and people theorise about what does it mean when he moves the chair is it something to do with like the other holocaust or something genuinely like people have <laughs> theorised like I think Kubrick knew that he had fucking mental fans and he thought if I move this chair in this in this reverse shot they'll fucking lose their shit like, like, like <laughs> Kubrick just mental anyway though like, he had a few issues apparently do you know what I mean I think he knew what the reaction would be like I think there's definitely there will definitely be directors that do that but like I I was going to say like I'm not interested in watching two or three like oh really and but it seems like if you said they only wrote one and didn't know that it was going to be a two or three. Like I don't, I don't know. If that's true though. I feel well, like they might have wanted them, yeah. but obviously that's wait and see how one did kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. But I feel like I might only be saying this because I've watched it recently. Star Wars felt like they, they know they know they're going to do those films, and that is the story arc, and it has all been written from the word go, and it all links up, and it's like, but if they make Neo too powerful. Then they've ruined. Yeah, they've ruined the, the, where did he go? Kind of yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, I'm way more invested in sort of like looking up Star Wars stuff than getting into like the philosophical part of like Matrix and See, what all that means. Well, there's, there's some really things. interesting stuff though that you'd like about in two and three. There is really. I'm totally, I'm totally the opposite as you. There's, yeah. it's like it's what you're after in film, though, isn't it? It's like you mentioned like Star Wars and stuff. Like for me, I don't mind Star Wars. Like I know I'm in a room with people who enjoy Star Wars, but. I'll compare that to like... That sounds like an insult. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. no. Uh, but 
when I compare the Star Wars fans. <laughs> <laughs> no, but when I when I compare like Star Wars to the Matrix, they're, to- they're two completely different things. One's one's like an episodic like yeah, yeah, film yeah. series almost, and the other one is kind of just like a mess of like concepts and philosophies all like merged together in a weird film series. Yeah, like the it's it's what it's what the, I suppose it's like apples and oranges, isn't it? Uh, I suppose that's probably. I wasn't comparing them as like they are comparable films, mm. but. It's such I'm a way, great story. Yeah, I'm with way more invested in sort of like looking up more detail about Star Wars and sort of like not that I suppose it goes into that much detail other than like character. It obviously not into like philosophical stuff. Oh, but I'm just not that bothered. Like when I was watching The Matrix, I just kind of like looked up of a few bits as the film was on because I was like, I need to know more about that. I was reading through it and I was like, oh, do you know what? I just can't be bothered. I'm just put, put, put down and I was just like, I'm not, yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to be watching two or three. So. But like you mentioned there about looking to Star Wars and stuff and not sure what's out there. There are thousands of books. I will point you to the books. <laughs> you haven't become the, the, the biggest Star Wars fan, Galvin. Chewbacca literally had a family for the sake of a Christmas show, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, that's right. right. Chewbacca got killed because a moon crashed into it. <laughs> not, not canon, not canon. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've got, I've got three points I want to add. I can quickly go up for for Matrix, and then I'll be done. Um, yeah, yeah. Just wanted to mention music. Uh, I think over the wider trilogy, some of the bands they got for it. Um, probably the bit most appropriately named Rage Against the Machine mm. uh, it's, it's, it's in the name of the band so yeah. that works um, well that being Wake Up being the uh, song that ends the first yeah, film as well yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you got P.O.D. Sleeping Awake that's an absolute banger of a tune it fits it fits the whole Matrix like thing straight away um, yeah the, there's that sequels though I don't. I, I'll be honest. I don't remember hearing it in sequels. I just know. I remember the video for it being all over the map and all. Yeah, that. yeah. Um, yeah, and the words as well. The lyrics are about Zion and stuff. Although I'm sure P.O.D. They're a Christian band. There's probably a bit of a double meaning there. But it's all religious. Uh, yeah, allegory into well, the you're, you're, you're moving me nicely on to my next point, John. Uh, <laughs> just one one bit of the symbolism. Um, I, I read a theory that Neo and Trinity are a bit like Adam and Eve, right? And that Morpheus is like the serpent, because the serpent pretty much says, um, you know, don't eat the apple, bad shit's gonna happen. Eat the red pill, red apple. Well, yeah, yeah, red, so, red apple. Pill. <laughs> yeah, but it's like, yeah, I think the serpent. It's in in like the, in the Bible. If everyone's got those to hand, uh, if you open up the yeah, book of Genesis, <laughs> in the book of Genesis, they say like, you know, eat this apple and your eyes will be opened. That's what Morpheus is pretty much saying to Neo when he's offering him the choice of do you want to open your eyes or do you want the blue pill and go back go back to normal. But um, I do I do like that. But he also says follow him down the rabbit hole or something, which is Alice in yeah. Wonderland. There's that as well. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, you watch the rabbit hole. Yeah. yeah. Well, and as well, just the last point on that bit of symbolism. There. In Hebrew, Adam means to be red. So the idea is that Neo has took the red pill. And then you know, so you're talking about rabbit holes. That's I've dived right down a rabbit hole. Stretching that last one. <laughs> <laughs> but when, when you look at it all, like it does all, it does piece together. So, 
Well, just the Nebuchadnezzar. The ship's called the Nebuchadnezzar. The yeah. Zion. Zion. You know, it's yeah. all religious uh, yeah. themed yeah. and stuff like yeah. Uh, the last point I just wanted to finish off on uh, shuffle, shuffle. I'm struggling to speak. <laughs> um, uh, just the casting of Neo. I think Keanu Reeves is like the perfect Neo. I don't think anyone could have been better. I think I read that Will Smith was in the running to play Neo at one oh, point. Really? I don't think I'd have liked this film as much if Will Smith had been. I like Will Smith, and I think he's a good series actor as well. But I feel like Neo is almost he's he's got he's got the perfect facials and the, the perfect acting style for that role. Yeah, it's like a blank canvas. Literally, I'm gonna say a blank slate. Like, yeah, you because he's such a blank slate, you project yourself onto him. Yeah, and learn as he does, kind of thing. Like, it's yeah, like, I think he's perfect. He has no charisma because it's just like <laughs> it's just, it's <laughs> <Yeah>. Neo. <laughs> but it's it's an iconic role that he's played there. And oh it's yeah, like, with, with great the part. Like, yeah, yeah. It, it's it's amazing. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm finished with my points anyway on the Matrix. Yeah. Have we got any more or should we go around and give final thoughts? I think it's massively overrated and a lot of the, ra- a lot of the writing just accidentally makes sense. What? Are you a Star Wars on this? Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is it. Like, I think it just accidentally all works together. Like, I think it's badly wrote and I think they just did a, they just smashed a bunch of ideas and philosophies together in, and then somehow it kind of works. It's the Star Wars you're talking about. <laughs> it's in, I mean, the point stands for both. <laughs> the point you were making about like Adam or whatever and like I was like Adam and the most famous one of the most famous stories ever told me like Adam and who <laughs> but as in like I think a fan who's like put all that together not the writers of The Matrix like it's yeah, just like it's, in, yeah. it's just like I fundamentally disagree. No, I do. I, don't, I think kind it's of agree. a bit accidental. <laughs> it's like I've said before about like how fans will try and justify anything in the mind. Like Kubrick will put that chair there, and people are like it's not the Holocaust. Yeah, like they, they come up with it's nothing to do with that, but they come up with their own explanation. But uh, yeah, I don't know what I was going to say. It's, it's, <laughs> the whole film's based on symbolism. Symb- I can't speak again. But it's still symbolism. Symbolism. It's not. It's, it's just. It's, it's just. Really... They just smashed ideas together, and they just had a a fine film out yeah, of it. Yeah, you're right though. They've smashed all these like different philosophies together. But not, and symbolism not like artfully, it's just ham-fisted, shoved together. I don't know though. I probably know that people will draw their own conclusions. Yeah. I think you'll so that's that how, like, your, with your point there, I, I think that's half the fun. But, well, but we're going to say like Steve's saying like, like a negative, like they're just throwing all stuff together and it luckily works. I think that's filmmaking. Like yeah. Star Wars was that. It's like, you know, it's Kurosawa films thrown in with like uh, Buddhist philosophy and stuff and it just works. Look at the Phantom Menace, it's shit. Favourite Star Wars. But my last point, sorry, in the Matrix, one negative point I've got is I mentioned it before the deja vu bit. The film's representation of deja vu is not deja vu. A cat walks by. Yeah, yeah. And another cat walks by. Whoa, deja vu. It's like, no, no, that, <laughs> yeah. that is not deja vu. That's you saw the same thing twice. Yeah. <laughs> you've seen the same cat. <laughs> yes. Yeah, they could have done that a lot better. Actual like. deja vu is fascinating, but I like that you finished the the discussion on the Matrix with a poignant point of that's not deja vu. Yeah. <laughs> um, Do you not mean that they could have like actually made that work? Start the film with him seeing a cat in his dream or something, and like you're all like, whoa, deja vu. <laughs> Just yeah. Well, that means they changed something. <laughs> Great film, though. Yeah. <laughs> and well, that bit makes me laugh because you've got the whole like subreddit where it's glitching a matrix, which is what that is more than deja vu. I yeah. feel like I feel like yeah, 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 fans yeah. have <laughs> come up with a better 
yeah. <laughs> idea for a version that makes than the actual writers because they're not good writers. And then the writers go, yeah, we've been that all along. Yeah. I, 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 I don't know. I just don't think you've delved deep enough. I think like the problem, the problem with that. <laughs> I don't think the writers delve deep enough, Joe. I think mean, everyone else has lost their minds over here. I think, right, my, the, I, well, do, do you want to finish your point today? Like, do you think it's overrated? So, um, <sighs> it, the first movie is a good movie. I'm not saying it's a bad movie. Say stuff's overrated is always a tricky early to get to. The problem is because like everything's sort of subjective, so it's a film, it's a piece of art. I'm not going to like the same thing as everyone else is going to like. And I can agree that it's it's an okay film, so I'm not going to say it's overrated. If it was a terrible, rubbish film and people said it was great, then I would say, yes, this is overrated because objectively I don't think this is a good film. This is fine. It's a, it's an okay film. I'd happily watch it again. The sequels, I'm kind of with you, Sam, where I'm not in a rush to watch it. I might watch them again because the film's coming. The new film, that is. But I genuinely stand by my earlier point, whereas I just think this was... I think they got lucky. I don't think they really put too much thought. Like, before when you were talking about like having the ghosts and the werewolves, and it's like, I don't think that's good writing. I think just one of went, oh, wouldn't it be dead cool if we did this? And then they did it, and then just, it kind of works. But it is really cool. This is just like, they got to a point after the first film, which is a good thing by itself, and then they take it to the rest of the film, and they just like, they can just... <laughs> they had free reign almost after the first film where they got they, enough buy-in from the fans yeah so they could they? just they could just go oh I can just fulfil all my nerd fantasies because I play Shadowrun the RPG and in my Shadowrun game um, there's a vampire so let's put it in our cyberpunk film and then just did that over and over and over and then there's a reason why the second two films were not as well received as the first film and it's because they're not as good as the first film because they lack restraint and they just show themselves not being as good writers as the world thought they were in the first film. I see, I totally disagree with that. Like, the, the ghost, werewolf, and what was it, vampires thing. <laughs> I think they've looked at how the world we live in. They're legends in the world we live in. And they've explained in the Matrix why, what they are. Do you know what I mean? They've found answers for stuff in... in they've explained the answers for it in the Matrix as to why we have ghosts, werewolves, yeah. and vampires. But before, when you said they've left breadcrumbs... Did they leave well, breadcrumbs? I never said that. <laughs> I never mentioned breadcrumbs. <laughs> breadcrumbs was mentioned. Uh, have they? Or have just people extrapolated that from nothing and then come up with an idea that doesn't actually exist and they're saying, oh, this is a good thing because, because of a reason that they've invented themselves. So let's just end again. Well, I'll let me let me give my thoughts then. Um I, I think I think it's a much more intelligent film than you think it is, Steve. <laughs> I think uh, I think it's a dumb cyberpunk film and that's fine. Yeah, 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 fair enough. No, fair enough. I mean everyone's gonna get different things out of the film, so you know, I'd um it's it's one of them where I think the deeper you go into it, the more interesting the film gets. Not I'm not so, saying that. I'm dreadfully sorry to interrupt, but are you saying that the film gets better because of your outside reading that isn't actually my due to the film? If you've gone and read on the topics, otherwise, so the film's not the interesting part. The outside reading on the film that you've gone and done, which is the, is the interesting part. Doing because yeah, because why should you have to? 
Well, well, well I, I've researched it. Can I jump in at that point? Joe didn't have to. He was that interested. He's done it off his own free will. It's not like a film that's so bad that you have to read something else to make it un- understandable. Joe watched it, was interested, and has done that research. Yeah, but, but it's it's the written within the film. I, I, oh, I see. I, yes. Come on. See, I disagree. I, 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 I disagree completely with that. Like, I'll be honest. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll throw my star ratings out first. Then, Charlie, I'll just throw these out before I carry on. Like, the first one for me is probably like a probably a five, maybe a four and a half. Right, first one for the second and the third film. I reckon they're probably two, three, four, three. I would say three, maybe. I didn't think about star ratings, but. I would say they're about three star rating. I'm not going to say I enjoyed the second and third film like absolutely all the time, but the whole idea that like they weren't written quite as well as the first one because they're not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because because like 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 you said, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you said yourself, Steve, they had less restraint in the second and the third film, and like you said, John, it's it felt a lot more like a cathartic writing process for the which for what they were going through rather than a film for the viewer An audience. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So totally agree with that. Um, but I can I. Can watch that and come away and you know do a bit of research into it, which is fine <laughs> by the way, um, and come to understand some of the things they were doing. And then when you go back and actually see what they were piecing together, I mentioned breadcrumbs before. Oh, was it nec- yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mentioned like if you watch the film again and you see some of the things that they've managed to put together, they do they do give you the clues in the film. So the idea is that I think I don't know if I mentioned this before the pod or on the pod, but. I've only recently watched that trilogy. I'd be quite happy to re-watch that whole thing again with the new knowledge that I've got since researching it afterwards, like, in my own time, because I enjoyed it, but also for the podcast. I, it, I think I'd get much more out of a third viewing of that. I think it's a film series that the more you put into it, the more you can get back out of it. And I don't think it's the best film series ever, but that's, you know, I think there's a lot more there. I think, I think it's quite reductive to uh, suggest that it's all just thrown together and nobody knows what they're doing in the um I think that's sort of what you were suggesting. <laughs> uh, no, no, I outright said that. Yeah. So uh, not in those words, but that's the meaning of my words. I don't yeah. I, I wouldn't say it's a five out of five for my star ratings, but I think I'd I'd lean towards a four out of five. I I watched this film a lot when it came out, um and I think in in itself it's great. I I I said before, I'm not 100% sure if I saw the third film, so I won't rate that because it's possible that I saw the third film, but it's, again, it would have been a long time ago, so maybe I'm not quite remember it. The second film I thought was dreadful. I'd hesitated to give it a star. <laughs> wow. John, Sam, do you want to you jump in? Um, like, it, beco- it goes back to sort of like some of the... Tales from the Loop stuff of like you just when you see something you just believe it you it just is in that world the way it is and you believe it and it's like I'm not fully seeing I don't know like there's stuff in the Matrix where I'm just like I can't bother with that like and it needs explaining or I want it explained but it isn't explained I feel like sometimes in the Matrix stuff happens at a certain point because it helps the story yeah which I don't think is good writing I I think. I said this on a few, uh, well, on some podcasts recently, or just in general recently, but like, does some films, it's too coincidental that that thing happens at that time for the story. 
I don't. I, don't, I think I might get hung up. Yeah, I think I might get hung up. It's the one. I think I might get hung up on it. I don't even know whether it applies. That's kind of but you're right though. It's like that's yeah, the whole point of the character. Sapphire tries to kill him, but it's like a few of the ones something to come along now and stop. <laughs> I don't believe it. Oh my god. <laughs> no, I'm not even saying it. That I'm seeing that in the Matrix fully, but it's like <clears throat> I don't, I'm just. I might be biased of just this isn't the film for me, but I can I can also appreciate that it is a good cinematic yeah. film and sort of like people will enjoy it. I I I I, I enjoy the conflicting opinions yeah. around the table. Um, can I jump in there though? Like you're now like a massive Star Wars fan. <laughs> Do you not see the similarity with Luke Skywalker's story and, and Neo's Episode Four and the Matrix? In all ways, the same film. Obi Wan is Morpheus. Darth Vader. Darth Vader's Agent Smith. Just, just give me taken any day. Over. <laughs> <laughs> I love that being style. That's where uh, Darth Vader jumps inside Obi Wan. <laughs> I just, I'll give it a rating, and I think I'm done. But like, it'll be between three and a half or four. I'm probably being three and a half. Okay. I think anything less before you say for saying John, I think anything less than a three and a half for the first Matrix, I think is like absolutely it's false. No. Don't get me wrong. Star Rings are subjective. <laughs> <laughs> Star Rings, let me finish. Star Rings are subjective. Do you know what I mean? But to view that film and not think it's at least a three and a half. Oh, I think that's, no, that's it's probably of your own opinion unless you disagree. <laughs> it's a one star. <laughs> no, it's your one star. <laughs> it's probably a four star though. It's just not the film for me. I think I've done it off. Just because I don't even like it that much. I just, I just, it's, it's one of them where you, you go, yeah, cool. Yeah. Well, I'll give it a five. I just think it's disregarding everything we spoke about. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we're here. <laughs> Two hours down the drain. <laughs> disregarding all that, like it's just loads of fun watching it. I think, like when you watch this first film, it's just fun. Like, like Star Wars Episode Four, it's the hero's journey thing in it. It's the classic hero's journey of like a mentor taking like the young guy under his wing and like showing him like his powers and stuff like uh, yeah it's Blue Skywalker in the Matrix basically uh, five stars loved it so the Star Wars comparison is interesting because I think what you said before like um, it was clearly meant to be a trilogy with Star Wars so his journey is not complete in the first film the Matrix it is it's all wrapped up nicely with one bow for the first film no you're right yeah so I think it, they just they just write themselves a corner, another mark of bad writer, and then they just were given the green light because of a greedy as X so how much money they made them, and then they just. Have you got any of this backed up, Steve? <laughs> <laughs> have, you, have you have you got this backed up? You have my word. <laughs> but you see, just checking. Yeah. Again, going back to the two and three, I don't think they care whether people enjoy them or not. Three ends with. The robots making a truce with the humans. It's like, what film series would end like that? And it's because they don't care about, about satisfying the audience. Like, genuinely, do you know what I mean? Like, as an ending, that is really fucking weird. It'd be like Darth Vader making a truce with Luke Skywalker at the end of five, and like the Emperor's just allowed to go on running the, the galaxy. <laughs> it's really weird the way they end it, but I like that, how weird it yeah. is. Like, you know, I love that. Like, that's what I'm watching it for. I'm watching it for the ideas that yeah, come yeah. into that. To, to build this world it's not just it's like I said though it's it's smashing a bunch of different things together and, and seeing what it is and if it came from the Wachowskis but I wouldn't I, yeah, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't look at it and think it was like a poorly written I think I think there's there are elements of it that could have been better I think um, I don't think though I think I think the Matrix as a whole is much more interesting 
after watching all three of them. If you watch the first one, it's a good film. Like I said, you can watch that in a vacuum, great film. Watching the second and third one and learning more, it expands the whole the whole thing. Like, well, can I go off on that? That's my final point. Like, like you just mentioned that part four comes out next week. Yeah, uh, yeah next week, isn't it? Bloody hell. Are we dating the podcast again? <laughs> <laughs> part four comes out soon. Uh, yeah. And I don't want that to be a fun entertaining film I want that to be like two and three I want it to expand the universe I want I want to give mad ideas see I don't even want answers I want questions <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I want more questions like, yeah. like a David Lynch film or something yeah. like and it's just like like Twin Peaks series three I just want it to be like yeah yeah what the fuck's going on I want I want it's an it's an abstract film series that's that's kind of what it is so if yeah. you do the full film and it's as abstract as the second and third mm-hmm. one I'd be happy with that. Yeah, like, I almost want that as opposed yeah. to it being a, a fun, satisfying yeah. film. Like, Don't remake the first Matrix. Give me, give me more yeah. of the random shit that happens after the first one. Do we know if there's going to be any more Matrix? Is after four? I think yeah. like we're stated, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, as long as there's money to be made. I think they're running out of money for their original trilogy because the second two didn't make much money. Um, they're running out of money now, so they're doing a fourth one because they need some more money. Um, so two, two and three were box office successes actually <laughs> <laughs> no I think it's that if, it, if the fourth one does well then it'll be another trilogy basically they'll leave it at a point where so do they know where the story's going in no they'll, 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 they'll like just quickly smash it together yeah <laughs> it's not that they know where the story's going they don't know yet what the bo- where the box office is going <laughs> <laughs> that's literally how movies get made though. that's what happened with the yeah. first one is it was a success so they got the second two greenlit that's yeah. just how films happen like it happens to Golden Compass. The first one was panned, so they got the rest of the series cancelled. That's yeah. how movies are made. Interestingly, yeah. The Matrix Reloaded is the highest grossing of the Matrix trilogy. Is that the second yeah. one? That's the second one. Oh, I bet they were all so disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was one of them. <laughs> it's an interesting it's an interesting conversation, because like I said, I started this by saying I didn't think much of the second and third when I was a teenager. And now I didn't I, I hated him. Well, yeah. I, was, I was 22 and yeah. 23 at the time. I was ready to bin the series off after them. Like, yeah. but you know, watching them now with more context and stuff, yeah. I'm I'm all for it. Even yeah. if I don't even think they're that good films. Um, <laughs> okay. Should we should we call it any any yeah, I've we've already had our final thoughts, haven't we? Right. Okay, I enjoyed that. Yeah. Um yeah. Uh, I forgot how we wrap these up to be honest well it's good to see you all again it's been a while isn't it? uh, doing a pod like this yeah. so. we need to pick another film that's uh, polarising we need to the Matrix find... Reloaded yeah, <laughs> 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 uh, yeah okay yeah. Uh, well, 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 well we'll cut it there then um, yeah thanks for listening get us on our socials email in if you have any thoughts on the Matrix any, any more philosophies Fire him a job. <laughs> we ever done Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind? I'm sure we have. We have. I would love yeah. to do... Because I, I will fight over that. <laughs> I, think, I think you did. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's Michael Gondry's worst film. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's not saying much. All these films are excellent. <laughs> I just don't... <laughs> Science of Sleep. Uh, no, I love that film. Absolutely. Yeah. Wasn't Be Kind Rewind one of his? Yeah. Ah, uh, okay. I Be Kind that's... Rewind might be his worst one. It's still I a good film. worst as well. See, we agree on some yeah. of the end of the film. <laughs> uh, I think it's his best, personally. But yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> Science of Sleep is my favourite one. Yeah. 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 I love Funny. Science of Sleep. It's number two, but... Yeah. Uh, yeah thanks for listening uh, get us on social medias what will you you brought them up uh, that's what we're ending search us on twitter google 
Google. Find us on that. Facebook. Bing. All your favourite podcast providers. You email us at dotswallyending at gmail.com. Yeah. Very good. Send us an email and plug in. Merry Christmas. Done it again, you <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yeah. Merry Christmas. Merry right. Christmas. Cheers. 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 Thanks, guys. See you later. Thank you. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Goodbye. I miss you.